Hello there, dear listener. This is GP, and I just wanted to step in and let you know that if you are currently a little bit confused about the titling of the podcast you're about to listen to, it is just simply a stupid play on words that doesn't make sense to anybody that's really just an inside joke that DP came up with and decided to run with. It's called Current Catch-Up, and it's a play on Current Catch-Up. Get it? Good. So we're going to talk about Current Wrestling. That's right. This is the current wrestling segment that used to be post-beep on the regular shows, just on its own. We're going to try to do this a little bit more often, post them in two bits. So basically, each week, if we have an old review, if we're able to get to it, we'll we'll have that episode for you, and then it'll also have the current wrestling attached. If we're unable to get to the old school review, we might still be able to have time to do a current show, and so that's where we might just have a week like this week that only has the current catch-up. So stay tuned. We talk AEW Beach Break, the Royal Rumble, and even the news and bits about the news that are going on in the current world here on The Current Catch-Up. And don't worry, next week we'll be back with our review of Lucha Underground. Okay, so uh, AEW this week with their special beach break from cold, snowy Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the graphics didn't let, let you know that it was snowy, though. But No, no. And then, but yeah, you, you did have one promo that was outside for reasons I still haven't had anyone explain to me. Why. Oh, with Hobbs and stuff? Yeah. I think, why? They, uh, I guess they, they wanted Tony to be able to, to you know, improv that ending. That way they could. Sure. And WWE and AEW continue their trend of being in the city either the week before or the week after with uh, Raw was in Cleveland, I think, like the week before this. Oh, was it? I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd st- they're still, there's still a lot of that going on. Nobody else really notices it or mentions it. Maybe it's nothing, but I just think it's interesting, like how often they're mm-hmm. back to back in like major cities or states or whatever. Absolutely, because it's like there, you know, there's a lot of places in this country to to do shows, and somehow it seems like this is just a running thing that just constantly happens. It's like I don't know who's who's making you know decisions first or whatever, but it just seems strange that they're all just like, yeah, well, okay, you know, it's it's what it's January. Let's let's go to Cleveland. That seems like a good idea. Sure. Um, so the show actually opened with the unifying of the TNT Championship belts. Yes, the unification after, oh, what, two weeks of an interim champion. I mean, we talked about this when yeah. it was announced that Cody had COVID and they were still doing a match. It's like, well, and he regardless. had to get it like the week of a special called Battle for the Belts. Yes. So, yeah, that I suppose didn't help matters any. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is all um, Sammy Guevara, the interim champion, and Cody Rhodes, uh, the TNT champion. After he beat Sammy Guevara, I believe, right? Wasn't that when he got the belt back the second time? Who'd, Who? he, who'd Cody beat Cody? for the belt? Cody, yeah, yeah. Cody beat, beat Sammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Because you know, Anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, they had a great ladder match. I texted you. The crowd just really seemed indifferent early on in this match and, like, during introductions. I think... Like, I kind of thought that maybe Sammy would be the 
popular one, you know, because it's kind of city to city with Cody. Yeah. But it was just kind of a very meh, unlike both of them at the beginning. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like, I saw somebody post a video about, like, how that was, like, you know, basically a trilogy of matches, and that was kind of, like, a big event that, you know, that would be happening. But sure. Because of the whole start and stop thing with like the COVID thing and the interim belt and thing, it just felt like there was like kind of some momentum lost on this match a little bit. Like I wasn't when this was announced that it was going to be a ladder match. I was I wasn't like super excited right away. Like I mean, if I thought about it, I probably would be, but it wasn't something that immediately like jumped out to like note down that like oh yeah, well we're going to get that ladder match. But then as soon as it started and it was like this is what we're doing, I was excited about it, but. Like you said, it took the crowd a little bit to get into it, but it was once they got into it, they you know they chose their sides and and it was a, a fun time. Yeah, no, absolutely, you know, great match. Um, obviously, you know the huge spots, including the ladder to ladder cutter mm-hmm. that Sammy would hit Cody Rhodes with. I'm sure because that's where that that's where when when you say like <laughs> just the the whole like largely indifferent, I'm like. That you watch that gif that fifteen seconds after that cutter man and oh, yeah. they're jumping up and down. Nobody's lo- like sitting down in that one. Yeah, no, they certainly came alive as as you know the action and uh you know the spots got bigger and bigger. Had Cody hitting the crossroads off the ladder, yeah, on Sammy, which was absolutely brutal. Um, that I was a I was a little surprised. The only thing about this match that I wasn't thrilled about Sammy winning was. It just it the story felt like Sammy is taking all these big risks, you know, <clears throat> to try to keep Cody down, and try to put Cody down, and like mm-hmm. I thought when he hit the GTH outside, and like would have had Cody on the outside of the ring, mm-hmm. I was like it would make a lot of sense right now to run in and like climb the ladder and win this match. It's like so then when he put Cody on the, the ladder propped up between the guardrail and the apron, I was like okay well. He's going to crash and burn here, and that's you know that's going to cost him this match. And it's like, no, nope that that also didn't cost him. The I don't match, know why you really... feel the the need to punish risk takers, Tony. It doesn't always have well, to work out it's negatively. And you... There's supposed to be stories. If you're not telling a story, then it's <laughs> it, just it, he was successful in his risks. And, and... <laughs> well, I I know, but that's just not exactly the most compelling <laughs> of stories because it's like, oh, the guy that just like did ridiculous th- like the last three or four moves ridiculous moves in this match just mm-hmm. yeah and then he won it's like okay yeah. i mean good for him it was just a little i don't know i just it, from i you know i know there's this like oh is cody retired does he not work here anymore like i know there's that side of it like story-wise but mm. i just felt as far as a match goes it was an incredibly fun ladder match with a bunch of really big impressive maneuvers but I just feel like the story and the end of the match was very flat. Like, okay, oh, Sammy does all this cool <laughs> shit, and then he just wins. Like, I just thought okay. it was cool for me, at least. I don't know because of the way that the inner circle stuff is going elsewhere. Well, yeah, it feels like this is a. Uh, I don't. Know, I I thought it was just like you know we're just continuing to like establish that he's legit, well, like, and he's you know. But it also, and it's what you know, like you mentioned earlier, kind of puts like a damper on this entire angle. At the end of the day, is the fact that. What was the original plan? Because that's the other thing I just didn't care about. I didn't care for about the way this went down. Like, you just had Cody beat him for that belt. Yeah. Was your plan to have Sammy beat him in a ladder match two weeks later? I mean, to be the champion all along? Like, it that's totally just another, could like, what be if because it kind of disappoints me. 
I mean, it totally could be though, because the, like the way that he got that title match was a lot of it was setting up more people complaining about the way he got that title match. Like, sure. You know, because he just like showed up and was just like, oh, I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm still recovering from being burned, but yeah, I get to face you next. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. It was just, but that was always the thing. That's why I complained about it on here with you when it happened, because I felt like it was a complete, they just cut Sammy's momentum off for no reason. Yeah. And now that seems to be justified that absolutely they cut his his momentum off for no reason. Yeah. Now he just wins. He won the belt and now he'll probably go have like, you know, some blow off winning feuds with Tony Nice and you know Scorpio Sky and people like that which you know will be good for him it's like well what was the point of the Cody stop and start in the first place like you could have just I think that's yeah that might just be another like element of the Cody story versus sure Sammy story I guess but yeah you're right but yeah Sammy insane um (laughs) him and outside that's the thing about these pillars too man it's like him Darby some of these guys it's like they got to slow down at some point <laughs> or, else, or else you're not going to get to, you're not going to make it to, you know, last long enough to be established stars in this company, just going out there and just throwing their bodies on the line in impressive fashion. Yeah. No, I mean, they're right now though, with as many people as it's on the roster, I guess if you get hurt, you go away for a while and then come back and it's exciting again. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, so we had Wardlow in his hometown, um, getting the win over Elijah Dean and Sean Alexander in a handicap match. Wardlow was another story that I was like, all right, big night for Wardlow. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, nope, no, no, it's <laughs> not at all a big night they, for Wardlow. Like, they, they, I mean, they're, they're kind of teasing it, but no, they, they did they a good job lose. teasing it eventually. But when at this point in the show, it was just like, Oh, and Jeff's like not even here. Like he's not even like with this well, like whole thing. It's like, oh, okay. and uh, honestly, at this point, I was like, okay, that's fine. That's a fun like go out there, basically be a baby face because you're in your hometown and just squash two, you know, yeah. enhancement guys. And that's Wardlow's night. That would have been a fine hometown night for the Wardlow character. So I kind of feel like they almost messed it up a little bit with the happenings later on. Um, but you know, this was a Wardlow squash. Um, it was then time for more inner circle drama would be the, would be the word for this matchup. Six man tag team action with Chris Jericho, Santana Ortiz getting the win over 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, but it wasn't without some, you know, twists and turns here. Yeah. This was one where it was like, I get what you're trying to do, but I was (laughs) I'm just ready for it to be done basically once it starts like as soon as it started <laughs> just like well i think isn't eddie hurt i think eddie got hurt or something. oh okay that would make sense so i don't know if they're trying to drag it out a little bit but i'm not not positive about that don't hold me to yeah. it but no but it's just the the you know the inner circle breakings between these two guys and chris jericho are coming wider and wider as we got you know right. by the right. end well, of this I mean, have should... them flipping each other off and and yelling across the rampway yeah, well, we should explain, too, though, that um, Santana Ortiz ignored Jericho throughout the match and would not tag him in. Yeah. So there's kind of that aspect of it. But it was ultimately thanks to Chris Jericho that they got the win as he hit a Judas, Judas effect while standing on the floor as Matt Lee was hanging between the ropes. And, uh, yeah, so I'm not really sure what was proven here other than they still need Chris Jericho to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, it and was... Dan- 
Yeah. And Daniel Garcia in 2.0, I don't think they've won a match. No, <laughs> they get all they get to be in all these matches, but they can't even. Like, I was like, oh, this would be a good one for them to win, right? No. No, you can't even win this. No. No. Chris Jericho's, <laughs> yeah, he's. It was one of those things where it was like, I guess the story by the end of it was just like, will he even come back? to help them win it or not because like he was already halfway up right. the ramp and then like ran back down and like hit the judas effect real quick and then they true. got the win true no that's a good point uh so yeah we'll see what happens here again i can't remember what the eddie deal is i think he's maybe a little banged up right now but ultimately i think we're going to get a match with him and jericho and that'll be a lot of fun so definitely yeah that's a good that's a good match and i just I'm excited for the the split up of Santana and Ortiz from this group to do more of their own just like storylines. Or will it be the worst thing they've ever done? We'll have to see. Who knows? You could say they've been elevated by being members of the inner circle and they wouldn't be doing anything at all otherwise. But only time will tell, I suppose. Uh, CM Punk is here and he's uh, looking for a fight with MJF. Uh, He still has... The scarf, and he's found, you know, and he found out that it was cheap. You can find a whole pack of 12 on Amazon. Uh, he's beaten everyone that MJF's putting in front of him. And here comes MJF to his cartoon detective theme music, as Trent tweeted about. And now that's all I think about every time this music comes on. Mm-hmm. No, it does sound like a detective, like cartoon detective theme song. Yeah. No, it definitely sounds like a cartoon theme song, just as far as like with the little ding, ding, ding. Part of it. farty horns. Uh, yeah, but here he comes. He refuses to waste a huge match in the history, one of the biggest matches in the history of this sport on a city like Cleveland. Yeah. Ooh. Man, this, what mastery heel work. It, yeah, I mean, it was a, a basic <laughs> angle, but it, as far as like, there, I don't know, there was a point like in the middle of, of MJF's like long response to CM yeah. Punk's part that it was just like, what? what are we doing? Like we, can we <laughs> just, just go ahead and just uh, and announce what's going to happen so we can finish this. Like in the past, the CM Punk MJF interactions, I've not felt that way, but this right. one was just like, all right, I get it now at this point. Like we've, we've said that already so far. Like it just felt like there was a few times where all, we were almost like retracking or retracing what they had already said earlier in well, the same promo. I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, this is what happens when you have 20 minute promos every two weeks between these guys Yeah. and not, instead of wrestling matches. Because if you notice, CM Punk has tapered off in his amount of promo when it comes to like attacking MJF because he wants to fight. Yeah. And MJF, on the other hand, almost seems like he just talks more and more every week now mm-hmm. in the middle of these things. And he's like, and it's probably on purpose. I never know how much credit to give these people sometimes, but he's literally like the most obnoxious guy on social media. That's like explaining to you all the reasons why you shouldn't be a fan of CM Punk. Like it's literally like <laughs> the entire soliloquy you would get from like a CM Punk hater on social media. Yeah. Cause it just, it's just everything. After he, after MJF wins, we're going to see the real CM Punk, the one who loses his smile as soon as he doesn't get what he wants. When he doesn't get his must do, he's willing to sue. Says after he loses, Punk will leave again. Brings up the significance of Cle- of Cleveland, Ohio. That's the city Raw was in the night after the Royal Rumble in 2014. Yeah. He no-showed there. He'll do it again, and then he'll go complain on a podcast with his podcast partner that I'm not sure works in the company anymore. Are we cl- are we sure on that one? What do you mean? I just haven't seen Cabana in any capacity for a little while, it seems like. 
I feel like he was in the lit most. Anytime that I've seen the Dark Order recently, like he's okay. been involved. Well, because I just know that, like you know, Avalon, Janela, like that. There's been there was mm-hmm. that group of people that kind of like quietly, you know, didn't have their contracts renewed. And yeah, people didn't talk about it on social media for three straight days. Um, Punk says you listened because you're a fan, and you wouldn't have you know this brush with greatness if he if Punk hadn't returned. Punk goes on about Max being a fan, and they love him because he tries and fights. Uh, MJF says, you always get up. Well, let's test that. Then here comes the pinnacle. I, I think there's still a, a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's FTR, Wardlow, MJF, of course, and Sean Spears would attack Punk from behind. Yeah. Um, FTR, I'm wondering, stretch Punk. Yes. Do you think, just because this comes up on Rampage and I don't know, but just the is the connection here to the, the pinnacle. Yeah. Did Andrade run out of money? Is why is he like? Why did he? Why would he voluntarily go from like employing FTR to employing the Hardy family office? Like they seem so much more ineffective. Well, there's more of them though. The price True. may be similar. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that was that that whole thing was confusing anyway because I didn't like it at, anyway. It was like you had just established this group, this pinnacle group, and you're like, oh, but FTR also yeah works for other people. <laughs> oh, okay. With with uh, yeah permission. Right, FTR stretch Punk out, Spears nails him with a chair. Uh, Punk grab MJF by the scarf in a last-ditch you know, effort to make a fight, but Dax nailed him with a punch, and then MJF tells Wardlow to powerbomb Punk on a chair. He does it. That's what I was talking about. I was like, all right, Wardlow. No, okay. I, I guess not yet. Yeah. I mean, he like, you know, he, he stared at right. MJF while he did it, but he's, he's still thinking it. hard about it. That's as far as we've gotten so far. He's yeah. really thinking about it. Exactly. Um, MJ, MJF basically teabagged CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Cross on his chest. I was just impressed that, like, you know, like, I feel like any t- if I was wearing dress pants and I tried to sit like right. that, it would not go well. Like, I feel like that would definitely rip those pants. But <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what made, I'm sure, the positioning so much more difficult was mm-hmm. that he is in stupid, like, well-fitted dress pants. So um, I saw some meme online or something like said, I don't remember eating a CM Punk. And it was a picture of MJF when he was sitting on top of him. You know, as if he had shit out. Oh, CM gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I guess it's happening Wednesday in Chicago. I'm just yes. like, also. Because, I mean, uh, yeah. Revolution's not until March. So, like, uh, yeah, you've got still another month to go. So they're, they're building up some big matches, which I'm excited about. Because it's like yeah. that one, and then they announced something for the next show after that as well. Oh, really? I can't okay. remember what it I was. but it, Yeah, yeah there was, there's a couple matches that I was excited about that are on the way. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I have really, really low um, confidence that that match will take place, but definitely that it will end in any satisfaction, like any satisfactory way. So, yeah. We'll see. Also, this company, how many times have they been to Chicago? Like, do they just go to Chicago every six weeks or something? Mm-hmm, basically, yeah. It's like we have to like go back and tag base. And <laughs> I just feel like somehow every time Punk's about to have a big match, they are somehow in like Chicago that in the upcoming week or something. Like, man, mm-hmm. just, just whenever they feel like it, they just stop there and do whatever they want. No, I kind of expected them to do a little bit more like you know, I don't just southern cities during the winter time, but they're just like, <laughs> yeah, it's winter time. Let's go up to. <laughs> Where all the snow's at, and have yeah, shows. we'll have we'll have winter is here in Florida and beach blast and or beach break in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, we see Julia Hart accept a TBS title match against Jade Cargill. Julia Hart is 
kind of crazy. I don't know. They're they're slow playing this one. Yeah. <laughs> Almost to the point where she I'm starting to doubt they know what they're doing. Tell her what to do. She can handle herself. Let yeah. me let me do my thing. You know, I no, I love that part. I love the like Griff and Brian Pillman just like becoming almost scared of her yes in a, in a lar- in large part like because they don't know what the hell's going on either so um no but this had me yeah. excited for that match just because it's just another interesting matchup like there's like with jade now i'm just interested to see like some of these different people that maybe don't have as much experience um well i mean to see the what they can she's, do you know yeah she's got about two more baby faces she can run through and then they're gonna have to figure something out with her because seriously it's like that's what i mean like her and Britt are the champions there's four other women on this entire roster pretty much that they can like run through like this. And then what are you going to do? You know, it's like you got, and then here's the other thing that I'm probably the only person on earth that is bothered by this. Why, why is the TNT title defended on TBS or, you know, why is the TBS title being defended on TNT? What's like, why you named these titles after networks, yeah. you know, you gave Jade Cargo the TBS championship, the TBS championship that to this point, has been defended on TNT's Rampage twice. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, what? You named them after networks. Yeah. Nobody told you that that was a no, good idea. No, but it's just that... It would just make sense to have the TBS title matches on TBS. Yeah, no, they've they've very specifically made a choice to make Jade Cargill a program that they're building on Rampage. Like, we... Right. They've been yeah. doing that since, like, she can't... Since oh, she, like, started if, if, being there, so... Right. Like, if only you had named that belt the TNT title. Yeah. But I mean, it's not. It, it doesn't really matter. I mean, they're, they're just the secondary titles for the each side. But you named them after networks, like specific networks. Just no, the one's named that bitch crazy. show. The other one is named TNT because of its dynamite. It's not. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. That that's it. it has nothing to do um, with Turner. Mm-hmm. It only has. It's just the logo of the network. Um, Layla Hirsch beat Red Velvet. Yes, these two are in a feud. You'd have to watch all the YouTube programming to know that. Um, and Chris Statlander, this is the like the secondary thing that's like pulling her away from best friends. Like she's kind of been involved in this thing with Layla for a little while as well. Yeah, and uh, ran her off afterwards. So no, Meet here's old, the thing. Old uh, Layla hurt. We were watching this match, and I was telling my brother because like he came to town this weekend for the Rumble and everything, mm-hmm. and. We were watching this match, and I was just like, "There's people shit on the AEW women's division a lot, and there's rightful elements of it that deserve to be, but there's some that it's like, it's just become a meme that is just ingrained in people's minds, and they don't realize how much has changed. Because while, yes, WWE does have, well, used to at least, have more women in their roster um, that are, you know, more competent, there's like there's a lot of ladies on the WWE women's roster that I don't give a shit about. Like I, they try and they try to make me care about, but it, it, because sure. of the way the WWE treats them and it's been so long, I don't yeah. care there. When I was going through this, like the women's division here and like just talking to my brother about like different people that I cared or didn't care about. I was like, just, there's just, a I find reasons. There's reasons in each person that I, that I care about their storylines and I feel like they're doing a better job of that, like building those characters and having like things that, that exemplify the different elements of their character and showing why these different people are different. Like they've really done a great job of building up Serena Deeb lately. I thought the little like yeah. video that we'll talk about on Rampage was 
amazing, mm-hmm. like for that, like just because it's so different yeah. than other characters. But but like here, you've got Red Velvet and and Layla Hirsch who have been having like matches. We've seen sure. L- Layla Hirsch on Rampage recently, and mm-hmm. we've like with the Red Velvet and that like three way match, and like they set this up very well, I thought, and I feel like. I've enjoyed what they've done with these two. And these are two people that didn't really get a spotlight for a long time. They were just there in, in the no. AEW, you know? I would, I would say, though, that some of like your feelings about this may have more to do with your, fan, your fandom of AEW over WWE. Because I think that WWE, far and away, has developed a much deeper roster of women who have things going on that people are interested in. And, like, and are, as far as star level, star power goes, I don't even think it's close. And I think that's where AEW really does suffer is when you put a match out there like Layla Hirsch and Red Velvet and like it or not to, you know, it doesn't have a lot of pull. It doesn't have a lot of like drawing power in my opinion, or like, you know, the opinion of a lot of people online that it's not because these two aren't very talented <clears throat> and that they haven't built it up, but it's just that this company doesn't consistently do enough in my opinion to make women's wrestling feel like it, it's a big deal outside of, you know, Britt Baker and maybe now Jade Cargill, you know, they just, which is again, why I think it's so dangerous right now to have a two headed heel monster of a women's division when you haven't exactly built or developed much of an underbelly of talent, at least in my opinion. And then you look at something like, uh, you know, Rio's hurt now. So, I mean, even if, you know, you had one, now, you, you know, one of your bigger baby faces in the women's on the women's side of things is not even an option for the foreseeable future. Same thing with Sheeta. So, I just worry about momentum and how they can kind of continue to build that, you know, because where do things go from here? Because we've seen this kind of stuff before with Swollen Diamante or how the things went down with Bunny and Penelope and Anna Jay and Ty. These things kind of have blow-offs and then nothing. You know, like, well, it's, not it's, like, it's very much like the men's side of the roster where it's like... Well, I mean, I would say to some degree, but you don't have as much level for like you know, to make these kind of mistakes on the women's side because you have such a smaller group of them, you know? Like, if you have any momentum or if you've built any kind of speed behind them, you need to continue on with that, you know? Like, it needs to go somewhere. Anna Jay and Ty Conti won that hardcore, oh, my God, the whole world's talking about it, tag team match, crickets since then. For the whole foursome, you know what I mean? Like, they all had a big coming out night, I would say, and since then... Have they even been on TV? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like, I'm not trying to be, like, a total hater here. No, you're right. Like- it's just, like, when I watch, like, the Royal Rumble, not to, not, I'm not going to go deep into sure. opinions on that, but, like, when I watched the Royal Rumble that was had, other than the people that were coming back as legends or whatever, mm-hmm. like, the women that were from the company, it's like, you have, like, five, and mm-hmm. then everybody under that is, like... Well, not considered legitimate they can't right. show they can't oh yeah be, sure. stand up to the five that's just more of a wwe thing right now worth like yeah no champion well, can be stood up to and um right but but because yeah like Dewdrop, yeah she had a good match with what's her mm-hmm. becky but other than that like who gives a shit about this weird storyline <laughs> well <laughs> yeah i mean you, actually, you still have to have the matches though you know what i mean yeah. like and I feel like I mean, if, in like you were saying, like as far as just like putting more effort and stuff into, I do agree that w- AEW does need to do it on a more regular basis. But I also think if you take the last like three months compared to the other ones and like you yeah. measure it, like they've done a lot more. Like they've actually yeah. been moving a lot more towards that and like featuring. And that's why we have you know these two ranked one and two mm-hmm. 
when, you know, there's all these other names that we've, you know, seen doing storylines. Absolutely. Yeah. I would just, yeah, no, I don't think that everything they're doing is wrong here. I just, if I did have one thing that I, that weighs heavy on my mind when I think about this company, I say, who is, who is that big shot baby face that you're Adam paging right now to take down a Britt Baker or even an undefeated Jade Cargill? I think like, it's Jade I, Cargill. I think that's your next big baby face. To beat Britt? Yeah. Ugh. God, that's a, that's a <laughs> terrible prospect. I mean, you might Oof. think so. I don't know. There's a lot of people that are, are already like moving that direction and the crowd reaction she's getting is moving towards that way. Anyways, like I think that switch could be flipped pretty easily. <sighs> okay. Doesn't help my feelings about the women's division. Um, Malachi black had a really nice, uh, you know, promo here gave Brody King Cabin an opportunity to, you know, introduce himself to the audience Basically, they discussed the Pac thing, which I also don't feel like this has been all that. I it, it all feels kind of crazy to me. Like I'm still like, so wait, the Pac is 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 upset with them, right? They're not yeah. like trying to recruit him necessarily, are they? I don't. I, it seems like they're upset that he resisted, but I don't yeah, know that they're okay. necessarily like go, now going to bring him in. If like it seems like now we're just going to be you. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. But anyway, good stuff there. I was also impressed with Brody. But he did a good job mm-hmm. um, as far as like in his role in the vignette there. Um, finally, a city that will properly treat Britt Baker. Speaking like of Brody, did so you hard. see? Did you yes. see his uh, his tweet of the video with his son? Oh yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the Dan Housen stuff or whatever. Yeah, he also Dan had a Housen tweet. This his favorite wrestler. Yeah, the first thing that he tweeted too with Brody just was like, "I can't believe you followed me here." You know, like in regards to Dan Housen <laughs> from Ring of Honor now to. That's awesome. Uh, AEW. Um, yeah, city of Cleveland. Thank God. Maybe the only city in this country that boos superhero Britt Breaker, the AEW women's champion. Kind of. They, they still love to say DMD. Man, people, you could like, your gimmick can be like killing the elderly. But if you have like a, a letter or number combination that the fans can like chant with mm. or say out loud, they'll, they'll cheer you anyway. They can't stop themselves. Wrestling fans, it's like a trance on them. Yeah. Um, she literally like shits all over your city, and they're still like D M D. Oh boy. Okay. Um. Anyways, it was just a Britt Baker promo. I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but this is kind of what she does on a weekly basis for the most part. It seems like not um, recently like, though. Like she pointed out, she was like, "It's been a long time since I've been on this microphone. I've just been standing next to my boyfriend Adam Cole and, and beating up on." <laughs> I, well, I mean, okay. Usually, I guess they're backstage more often than they're in the ring, but I just mean. You can pretty much count on a Britt Baker promo, which is fine. She's mm. good at it. Um, there's just, you know, they are what they are. This she, is where I was telling my brother that with AEW, like they need to establish a place that you can go back and watch the old Dynamites. Like, because I would love to go back to like the first month yeah. of Dynamite and just kind of look at how much like she, Sammy Guevara and these other people have like really just like moved so much forward, oh, especially yeah. Britt Baker. Like, you know, obviously they had their eyes on like making her this role since the sure. start, but there was that like time at the beginning where it was like, all right, she's going to learn a little bit and then we're going to hit it, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. Um, yeah, she talks about all her PWI awards. Um, she's a baker that Cleveland can count on. You know, that, of course, mm-hmm. was well I got played. a good, rea- good reaction. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, good stuff there. That didn't I, You know, again, this is the other thing about Britt Baker promos that, that annoys me. It's like, Maybe it's why there never really seems to feel like there's like some 
underbelly or group of baby faces that are pushing like nobody ever comes out and like talks shit to Brit. And like yeah. I know that this company for the most part, although I would argue that it's going the other direction a little bit more lately, maybe that's more on the men's side. Because that's a very WWE WWE thing. Hmm. Babyface in ring cutting promo, heel interrupts. Yes. Heel in ring cutting promo, babyface interrupts. AW doesn't like to do that too much, but because of how often I, I at least feel like they have Brit in these situations, it, it always kind of it puts a bit of a flat ending on these things because it's always just kind of like, "You all suck. I'm better than you. Hmm. Nobody can beat me. Good night." Was- and that's like every Britt Baker promo, and nobody ever like comes out and's like, "Hey, Britt." I can beat you. You yeah. know what I mean? Just, was they don't the, do that. Was Layla in, in Red Velvet, was that ranking for her belt or for the TBS belt? Well, now, see, that's another thing. Like, I think it's going to kind of be the same way as, like, the men's side of the rankings go, where there's just a top 10 and it's for the world championship or the TNT championship. Okay, so, like, if you're in that top spot, you could basically, like, yeah. challenge for whatever. But like, because yeah, they don't have a separate ranking, and if they did that, I think they'd have to go to top fives on the women's side. I'm not saying yeah. that like as like that's a good thing, but I think it'd be tough to pull ten. Well, and separate. it's just also, I guess, if you think about it, why would there? Why would they be any different than even right. if they had them separately? So, like, because even if you think like the old school like NWA NWA power rankings, the top ten, you know, your number two would be the United States champion, and your number yeah. three ranked person would be the TV champion, and like, mm-hmm. you know, so it yeah. kind of goes like that. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. Um, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero came out. I guess she's in a feud with Ruby Ro- Soho. Um, mentioning the fluke victory she got over her during the TBS tournament. She'd win 99 out of 100 and challenges her for next week. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Looking, for- looking forward to that. And then it was time for the main event, the lights out notice qualification match. And I will say, like, just... Yes. They throw to Justin in the ring and, you know, ladies and gentlemen, when the lights go down, we, you know, when the, they're about to go out, when they do go out, you know, when they come back on, right, AEW yes. has no responsibility for what they, I, yes. I love the gimmick. I love yeah. this, like the, the whole, like, you know, pageantry of everything, like the, the whole, like rigmarole of explaining all of that and everything. Yeah. Like I just, we, we were sitting back down after, like I had just gotten our food. And so we were sitting right mm-hmm. back down to, to watch the finish of the show. And it was just like, I just, I don't know. Some about that. I loved like just listening to that and the way the crowd reacts to it, whenever they announce it and stuff. It's fun. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. They were wild for this one, of course, uh, to the surprise of no one. Uh, Adam Cole was out first. Followed by Orange Cassidy. Jim Ross had one of his meltdowns when he forgets a thing a character does every time before a match. What was that? Like, like Orange, during his introduction, like, turned his back and did some pose. Like, did, something does every time. And Jim Ross, I mean, they are trying to, like, move on. Yeah. Like, Excalibur and turn, like, to, and Jim Ross still like, I just can't understand how you would turn your back on an opponent before a match like this. <laughs> I mean, it's just going on. It's like, Jim, that's, first of all, it's orange. And it's something that he does. It's when he's like in the corner. He's got like his arms up on the turnbuckle and he's like looking mm-hmm. away from his opponent. Yeah. Like, he's just what he was bored, doing. Like he always around. does. Yeah. And Jim that's Ross hilarious. like was yelling over Excalibur and Shivani trying to like move on in the commentary about how you <laughs> can't understand that. Trying to tell the story they're telling in the ring. Get, let me l- listen to me here. Yeah, we Jim. Problem is, is that you don't know the story they're trying to tell in the ring half the time. So, anyways, um, yeah, these two had an outstanding match. Things started fairly slowly. 
um, before making their way to the outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, that is when you would have Adam Cole pulling a chair from underneath the ring, and it had a Danhausen attached to it as the AEW debut of Danhausen. And uh, yeah. worst because it was in yes. lights out, was it? Well, I mean, you know, AEW yes, has because... no responsibility for what just happened. Danhausen was that anyone could have been under that ring. They could have had WWE wrestlers right. down there. Well, that's true. But Tony Khan did also tweet after the show that Danhausen is all elite. So. Oh, okay. There, so there's that. If, if if you did have any question, um, yeah. So he put a curse on Adam Cole, and then left ringside because I don't think he's medically allowed to have anything happen to him still, as he ah, yeah. suffered. He suffered a terrible leg break. The same time Mance Warner did. That was we talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit months ago when oh, it happened. Yeah. Just at the same show, the same night, and they're both still on the mend. But good for Danhausen. He had been. I mean, this had felt like a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. for the fact. I mean, just with all the stuff with like the ass boys and yes. Him literally sending the like, hey, Tuesday or, you know, Wednesday night at eight. Don't forget to tune into Dynamite on like his Twitter. It was kind of <laughs> like, all right, dude, uh, this kind of feels like you work for the company already. Yeah. Um, so couldn't be happier for him, though. I mean, we don't need to go into the people who's Darren Housen. Well, watch the show. If you don't know who he is, they're going to tell doesn't you. Mean, well, he, they're going to tell you. And that doesn't mean that nobody else does. You know, I just, yeah, of course, there's, I got to tell you, though, at this point, I get more of people that are mad that there's people saying that than I do see people saying that. So mm-hmm. I always think that I've done a good job of like creating my, you know, nice little bubble of keeping shitheads out of my Twitter timeline. Cause all I saw were people complaining about people saying that they didn't know who Dan Housen was. Gotcha. I didn't see any of that. So I've apparently cleansed my timeline of anybody that would have a shitty opinion like that. Um, yeah. So can't wait to see the possibilities of a character like his are, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, endless. cause he can also go in the ring. Nice. Like, Absolutely can go. So cool to see what happens there. Um, you know, that gives Orange an opportunity to kind of take over. Um, he would tackle Cole through the. At that point, had, at point, had had the kick into the steps happened already, like with his injured hand? Because yeah, that was kind probably. of the story of the match. I like, didn't, I didn't take, is, like. No, but Orange's hand is like the story of this match. Like he. Because yeah. he's got the punch as his big finish. And so. Early in the match, when they're outside, Cole puts his hand in between the steps in the ring and then, you know, yes. kicks the steps. And, oh, yeah. no, and now his hand's bleeding and all this stuff. And That's right, yeah. And there's, like, I thought Orange did a fantastic job of selling it. Like, there was a great point mm-hmm. right as the match started where, like, Orange just took his sunglasses off, broke him, and was just like, he's yeah. going. And all oh, that was the other thing. So we were watching this show, like, right before the Royal Rumble was about to start. We were going to watch right. the Royal Rumble live. So we wanted to get through it. And so we hit the end of the show with like, we had like 17 minutes left to go on the show. And then we need, we needed to fit that 17 minutes into about 14 minutes. So I put it at 1.25. And so the beginning of this match, my brother and I were just cracking up because they're just doing like aggressive punching. And right. so when you speed that up, even at all at first, the first time they went at it, it looked like just the stiffest punches you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> my brother's like, I forgot we were watching a 1.25. <laughs> he's like, he's like the, at first, I thought this was going to be intense. He's like, all right, yeah, but it was it was a good match, I thought. But uh, the, yeah. So, anyways, I just wanted to mention the 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 art, the hand, because as the match goes on, I thought Orange did a really good job of like selling that, like even like trying to like grab onto stuff and like grab a hold of Adam Cole, like he'd grab him and then like ah, right. oh, it hurts, and then you know go back at him. No, absolutely, yeah. No, it was uh, a problem throughout the match. 
Um, yeah, like I mentioned, Orange would kind of spinebuster or tackle Adam Cole through the ring announcer's table. Um, we would then have our run-ins as Brandon Cutler would make his way towards the ringside before being stopped by Wheeler Utah. Wheeler was then attacked by Bobby Fish. Chuck Taylor then came out and took care of Bobby Fish. The Young Bucks would take Chuck Taylor out with double super kicks and would then look to get involved in the matchup before Rapongi Vice, Rocky Romero, and Trent would pull the Bucks off the apron and uh, stop them from kicking Orange. It was so yes. It was one of those things though where Rapongi Vice like it took them just long enough to get out there that I was sitting there going, "Where where is Trent? Why is Trent not coming?" <laughs> Because <laughs> like, right. you saw, you saw, you know, them overcome Chuck Taylor, and then like they're getting in the ring, they're all lining up, mm-hmm. and like, what, what is happening here? I was like, what, there's more people that are friends with Orange here. Like he's like Adam Cole's got a lot of friends, but not this, you know, right. he shouldn't be outnumbered already. And we didn't even get Kyle O'Reilly, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I didn't know if he was just wasn't like available to go to the show well, or something. Or there is that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's very possible as well. Uh, Wheeler Utah actually. Um, along with uh, Blake Christian, were late ads to this weekend's Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, that'll be as, fun. Uh, nice. Because John, Jonathan Gresham and Davey Richards both had to pull out due to COVID. Oh, okay. Do you know who Yuta is facing? I think they're just facing each other in the first round. Wheeler Yuta and, and Blake Christian. Oh, okay. I would have, I think I'm not positive about that. I have to go look because the. I'm just, I was I, just curious if on being the elite, we were then going to get to watch them, you know, watching him lose in whatever match. I know. I, yeah, I know Chuck Taylor <laughs> tweeted like, hopefully my son can make it past the first round, something that I never did in the battle of Los Angeles or something. So, uh, but night two is taking place right now. So I, I'm not, nice. well, I'll have to bring that update next week. Um, should be good though, either way. So yeah. So all that madness happens. Um, Orange Cassidy had a cup on this week, so Adam Cole's low blow, Although, one of his signature moves now, had in, no effect on Orange. In in traditional wrestling fashion, again though, like yeah. it happens, and the babyface then removes that cup, and and somehow the heel doesn't immediately just go bam, <laughs> hit him with another well, one. You're not wrong about that. That's that's a good point actually. Um, Orange would hit a Panama Sunrise for a near fall on Cole. Um, Adam Cole would then leave ringside and they would go backstage. I'm not sure what this accomplished. They just kind of did it and then came back. I think it was uh, just Cole, like because their other lights out matches have all had different elements or whatever. True. This just felt like a, a way to distinguish and make it slightly different than other ones, I guess. But yeah. it, it, like you said, it was like we go back, we hit around, you know, br- almost break some monitors and then we head right back the other way and go back to the ringside. Yeah, they're in the go position. They love to tell you that's the go position. They're in that area that we call the go position about 17 yeah. times in this fight. <laughs> um, but yeah, Cole would put him through one of the tables. Jerry Lynn defended the honor of Tony Khan. That cracked me up. Like when mm-hmm. he like, put Khan behind him. Because it was him. a lights out match. As soon as Jerry Lynn showed up, I was like, oh, God, he's going to cut somebody open and start. I wish he would have. I wish uh, he would have. I keep waiting for someone to call him out of retirement for at least one <laughs> match. Um, yeah, so they then go back out through the entranceway cole climbs up on the entrance as if he was going to you know i don't know this jump on orange or something <clears throat> something that i've i've dogged on wwe a lot and in any any company that does it but mm-hmm. the the showing a close-up of one person so that way you don't see the other person setting something up normally annoys me like yeah. it's like th- there's still suspense in watching that person start to set up that thing, you know, like right. getting onto that top rope. We doesn't always have to just be a person jumping from off camera suddenly, you know, shocking. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. But this time, I thought just because of Orange Cassidy's character and Adam Cole's character, it just it came off almost like a cartoon here, where like by the time Adam Cole gets up there, we we go wide shot and Orange is just not there, and then suddenly he's right. behind Adam Cole, and it was just I loved it. <laughs> yeah, and that was awesome. It was very like uh, Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween, in my opinion. It was like that. <laughs> You know, you push them out the window, and then when you go to look out the window, they're gone already, and they're behind you. Um, Yeah, great stuff. Orange would appear behind Cole. He was shocked. Low blow. And this was like, I mean, this is awesome, but I got a little, I was like, what's happening right now? Like, the hug situation for like the first 10 to 15 seconds, I was kind of like... What are, what are we doing? I like, couldn't remember I, you know, if there was a move that I was forgetting that Orange normally does. I was like, I don't understand what this. Yeah, because there was even like, and I don't know if that was what the balance was like up there or oh, what was happening exactly. Like that, if they yeah. were trying to make sure that because there was just like this weird delay where it was kind of like yeah. just before the hug and right after the low blow where I was like, uh, what mm-hmm. what's next guy? I was like, oh, OK. All right. Here we go. All right. Like, <laughs> you know, it was awesome. It, yeah. you know, it ended up being awesome. But. For a moment there, I was kind of like, what's the plan? And then I was um, I was cracking up at the referee as he was trying to count the three, like busting through the rest of the balsa wood <laughs> stage that they had set up. To go through. <laughs> Listen, you all know that this thing's a little bit gimmicky, Bryce, right? Like, um, he, still- is, he hit the, 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 on two, it just like broke the rest of it, and he, his whole body was <laughs> falling down into the hole. It's it's good stuff. And it was brutal. Cole took a pretty nasty spill, really. Yeah. Like it was, he was folded up pretty bad. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, Orange Cassidy. Getting the win over Adam Cole, um, yeah, impressive stuff here. I would say maybe the one of the biggest wins that Orange has had in singles competition in a very long time. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, but it was it was a good one though. So good for him. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what where things go from here. I feel like you, you know, this is it. You know, where do you go after a lights out match? But yeah, um, we shall see. We shall yes, see. We'll see. Um, on to the Rampage side of things, and we would kick the show off with a very energetic John Moxley, who had a, uh, I think, <clears throat> overly competitive match with Anthony Bowens, but it was still a great match. I was just a little bit surprised that it was a, like, 15-minute match. Mm-hmm. You know, I I mean, it's good to get maybe Moxley, you know, Moxley getting his sea legs under him. And no, and I thought his- it also it just gave a good amount of time just to let you know, Bowens and they, they've done a good job of kind of spotlighting those two guys for the last couple True. of weeks. And so, you know, just to have them more chances to do their stuff, get more familiar with the crowd. Um, I thought that was kind of part of the reason that it seemed like they wanted to let this one go a little longer. But like you said, I, it also just because what did they call that out? The fact that like, you know, trying to wear Moxley down sort of a thing, maybe his wind isn't great or whatever because he's been off. I don't feel like that. No, if anything, they just talked about how great a condition he looked like he was in. Yeah. More than, no, I think it was anything else. It was early in the match, but one of the referees, like, I think it was one of the announcers maybe that brought that up. And I was confusing oh, okay. it as something that maybe the Bowens and them had said the week before on Dynamite. But, gotcha. um, well, because I also think back there, too, to like Moxley, before he went away, he was beating guys like Anthony Bowens in like 10 seconds. Mm hmm. You know, yeah, but, but he's not—he's not a vicious heel right now because they can't like just make a guy that just <laughs> right. returned and is beloved the vicious right. heel. So uh, we would see Brian Danielson watching WWE style backstage on a monitor, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, smiling maniacally, still waiting to see what happens. Here. I'm, st- I'm still waiting for the announcement of when it's going going to happen, or it just seems like one of those things that's like they don't want to say yet because it might be 
a little further in the future than we're wanting. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you gotta. I mean, like yeah, I said, this punk MJF stuff they started up too early. They didn't really, you know, like they got pay per views too far down the line. Yeah, to push these things off. Um, and just one of the probably most poorly used big names that they've signed, Andrade, is in our next segment here. Like, it's just he's always like working out deals with people and like signing people up to help him do things and like getting people that, mm-hmm. and then he doesn't do anything you know like it just it never matters or like goes anywhere like oh yeah the tag match with cody that, that was fun i mean oh, it, you know i i i understand like how they were using this as just like a way to like kick off like all right this is where we're headed to you know right. match with these two sure but like you said indrata is one of those guys where it's like i don't understand your intentions still like it's still like just a mystery like he just i mean he, we went, he's we just constantly whole- doing deals and Right, we went through that whole silly thing where he was like getting limo rides canceled for Pentagon yes. and Phoenix at one point, and like that didn't really go anywhere. And yeah. then he was like kind of with Malachi Black, and that you know, I don't know. The Chavo thing will always mm-hmm. be really weird to me, like it yeah. seemed like a great idea, and then it was just over. And now he's trying to like buy Darby Allen, and this has been going on for like a month, like he's been doing this, like. Mm-hmm. Where is your Where is your manager? He thinks Darby <laughs> Allen's a child, like this whole thing. Um, oh. Did you see that stink. news article this week? Also, thank Andrade for stink. What's that? Did you see the news article this week of the woman that was like approached to buy her son in like a supermarket? <laughs> yeah, and like and then like went out into the parking lot, and the person was like, "I'll double the price. I'll give it, give me that child." It's just like that's Andrade right now. He's just like, it "I'll double is. the price, please, please let me guy. let me employ you." Yeah, he's in the locker room because he's also been told now for like a month that Darby Allen's not a child. Like yeah. he's not. Doesn't, I mean, he just or interested. Listen. Like. Yeah. Um, and then that's why I was so frustrated by the end of this promo because whatever this it's okay for Darby's portion of it all. Sting, you know, he asked Darby where his boss is at. Darby laughs and you know says he's not my. You know, I don't work for Sting. Yeah. Um, he offers Darby a contract. He's not interested. He says his, dig- his dignity isn't for sale. Tells them to get out, and like my biggest problem was by the end of this, by the end of this whole thing, like the Darby did, that was pretty good. And Dry is just like, okay, well, I'm gonna need to talk to your manager and yes. try to see if you. It's like <laughs> he's not taking no for an answer. So why, why, what did we just? Like, did you even listen to anything Darby just said? Like, no, but I mean, it, it does. It does make a reason for then, like you know, in the coming weeks when he approaches again for Darby to be a little more aggressive about saying yeah. No. Right, that's probably true. So, yeah. Anyways, Andrade's got unexplained money that he's just willing to spend on anything and everything in this company, and so far it's gained him nothing. Um, we would have the battle of the dads here as FTR beat Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson. We had a fun Arn Anderson taking Tolly down outside of the ring, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, solid matchup here. Um, ultimately, you know, good showing from Brock and Lee. Oh but, yeah, uh, FTR is just too strong. I was I was impressed with the way that you know Brock and Lee were able to get you know, obviously AEW generally has crowds that are open to things and will get into matches and stuff. But they just I was impressed with how much they were into like the the Lee Johnson offense and stuff. You know, yeah, no, absolutely. No, I mean they they they, they uh, these two they seem to be uh, you know have a soft spot with the audience mm-hmm. as far as Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson go. 
so solid stuff there. We'll see what happens down the road. Probably gonna get like a six man tag, I'd say, at some point with Arn and Tully on opposite sides of the ring. But mm-hmm. we'll I really see. enjoyed the Thunder Rosa Mercedes Martinez vignette as well, as far as like just talking about like the women's stuff. That's a match that when it was announced that that's kind of where we were going, I've been pretty excited about it generally until until we get to actually see it. Yeah, no, really excited about that. I'd been a little. I'm. I was glad to see them do something with it because it was one of those deals where we hadn't really seen Mercedes since the debut. You know, I'm imagining she's probably like finishing up some other stuff or something. But yeah, she's still she popped up on Impact. I think like the other week or something. I know that's all been taped, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, looking. Yeah, that'll be great. Definitely looking forward to Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Uh, it was now TBS Championship time as Jade Cargill not. To the surprise of probably anybody, got the win here over Julia Hart in fairly quick fashion. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, whatever. I mean. Yeah, good, I thought it was a fine match. I, it was one of those where also um, just <laughs> I was just waiting for, like, something to take place as far as the Malachi Black thing. And it was just, yeah, like, not but, not taking place. It was like, no, this was just. We were just having a match with Julia Hart. It wasn't wasn't really part of that storyline yet. Like, it's just you know her attitude thing is continuing. But yeah, yeah exactly. Well, the whole thing was a little bit weird anyway because it was almost like Griff was upset with her for taking a championship opportunity. It's like, <laughs> well, why wouldn't she? If how she dare can? you? How dare like, you? Well, you're going to get beat up. Well, I mean, you're wrestlers, you know. Like, I don't. You know, yeah, if I don't try, you're going to beat Malachi. <laughs> um, and then the main event. This is for the titles, right? Tag titles. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because probably probably were ranked number one. I don't remember it being quite as annoying last last year as it has so far been this year. With all this talk of like people that are in the top one, two, or three in the rankings that at this point consist of like three matches for yes. people. Like it's just I haven't loved like the all reset. these number one contenders getting championship. It's like well they're one and zero, oh, you know, or they're yeah. like two and zero. Oh. Like I don't know if this should be grounds for people to get. I mean, I've liked. I mean, it's a good way to to because like private party generally loses a lot of matches, so it's it it is a good way to at least give give a few guys a spotlight. You know, give them another chance to to be in the in the headlines. Well, and I've but I also like Jurassic Express as defending champions, and that's kind Mm -hmm. of what's led to a lot of these tag teams like springing up to number one after winning their third match of the year and then getting the title shot. So, yep. Um, the match itself was you know pretty great. Is Matt Hardy uh, back to being big money, Matt, after he officially uh, announced that he was not big money and then now he's got the purple suit again and seemingly is just doing him and... Seems seems, seems pretty big money Matt to me. Who's, pretty big money Matt. Who's his partner yes. now in, in this? Cause they're, well, Andrade. They're, that's is, right, yeah, because it's like Andrade and Matt Hardy is like the, the name A-H, of this company. It's the AHFO now. Yes. In Andrade Hardy family office. Yeah, they can't quite get Darby to sign up, but they've got this office. Yeah, great. And all these losers, for the most part, on your team. Um, so the match itself was really great. Uh, I hadn't seen that wacky shit when, like, God, the finish of this match. What is that where Luchasaurus, like, powerbombs somebody, like, into the arms of Jungle Boy that, like, Sunset flips him? I don't know. It was some <laughs> wacky, some crazy finish they had that I hadn't seen them do before. Nice. Um, it was cool stuff there. Then there was an Ass Boys attack after the match. That's Colton. right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Colton and Austin and Father Billy on the outside beating up Christian. Um, they laid out the champions. So again, I like this. This is all good for Jurassic Express. You got all these damn tag teams. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't hurt them. Doesn't hurt all these teams to get beat by Jurassic Express and get these opportunities. Um, and they've actually built up the Gun Club fairly well in the last yeah. month or so. You know, and this they've, they've kind of done this basically with any babyface tag team 
that's been the champions. Like, because when the Bucks first got their the belts, right. they basically did the same thing where they're just like they face that's true. private party. They face all these up and coming guys mm-hmm. in these championship matches, and yeah, they beat them all. But you know, it was uh, it, it kind of gives you a chance to see them again. So right. uh, yeah, I like and it. I, and did you see the music video DP of the Ass Boys theme song? No, no. Dan Hazard and his friends made. Well, I'll just send it to you. It's amazing. Okay. It's I, very catchy. It's Billy Gunn and the Ass Boys. It's <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, so yeah, good for them. I'm just, I imagine we'll get a uh, tag title match in the near future there, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see where things go. Um, one note before we move on, I guess I'll just say that Jeff Hardy turned down an offer to take part in the WWE Hall of Fame, and uh, or a return to the company. Really, the Rumble. Okay. So, and he is at the point where he is requesting he wants to see the uh, toxicology or the drug test report that they are using to like claim that he failed. Oh, okay. So this it's going to be something legal here, probably. Gotcha, gotcha. Because he's Fun. like, for what? Like, <laughs> what? What did I fail? What did I fail for? And they apparently he's not getting a clear answer. So. Oh, I see. I didn't realize. And then that. they still have the nerve to be like, "You want to come back to work?" Yeah. No, like fuck you guys. Um, they all WWE also reportedly uh, extended an offer to the Iconics, which oh, they also okay. declined. They also declined. Well, no, because those two are like, yeah, we've got like all this extra money in coming in on like all these other website things yeah. now. In addition, yeah, they're to doing wrestling. a yeah, they're doing a lot. I would say because that's the thing. I in my opinion, they've basically gone to wrestling Siberia, which is kind of what Impact is in my opinion. Kind you know, of, this, but it feels well, like listen, the women that are being, there. No, because like when you think yeah. of like Jordan Grace and like yeah. her and uh, these two women here, like I don't know. There's just like there's a few spots with Impact where it's just like, you know, those are just they've those are people that were valuable enough to that company that they are paying them, you know, to be there. Yeah. Um, but I like just, you said, just, it is one of those things yeah. though where it's like I forget about them until like a headline comes up, and then I'm like, oh yeah, their Impact still got wrestling going on. Yes, they're the like they're they're the company where like when somebody gets released, they're like, "Oh, everybody's really happy that you signed with Impact." I mean, I'll never watch you wrestle again, probably, but I'm just glad that you're making a livable wage to do what you love. Yeah, I want Toys R Us to be in business. I don't want to go to Toys R Us because those two like they popped up because you know the Impact channel was on and like I you know the episodes are a couple weeks behind, but like these two popped up. I was like, "Oh yeah, yep, those two are (laughs) still a thing. Good for them." Um, But yeah. So now we'll talk um, Royal Rumble. We open the Royal Rumble with the singles match for the WWE Universal Championship. They have put everything in place to make this a fair fight as Jimmy and Jay have been banned from ringside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are, we are set up here for a good, clean fight between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Um, that would not be the case. I mean, I actually, I, I, first of all, I loved the, uh, shield attire and entrance from Rollins, you know, just this he's, he's done a great job in the last couple of weeks of really annoying Roman Reigns. And it's been fun. The show starting with this, I thought was a great way to start the show. Like, I don't know. It was one of those things where it's like, it got me excited for this show right away. Like mm-hmm. having that start with a, a match that has, yeah, an element of it like being like it's not just regular entrances. There's like a joke, you know. There's this like trolley element of Seth Rollins like getting in the head right. of of 
uh, Reigns. I've seen a lot of people criticizing the fact that like Roman's not a character that ever really showed any sort of trauma or like mental anguish over the original like and then you know there's been the reunion since then um and so so it feels like WWE's kind of like playing fast and loose with the facts a little bit on that but but as far as just setting up this match like this had i was excited for this match after watching the little bit of build that i saw in the lead up to it and then when it started with this entry with seth just like laughing his way down to ringside in his shield gear to this music while roman's just angrily shaking his head i loved it like i was was like this is great yeah no it was great this match also you know with how the events would take place throughout the rest of the night had to happen here yes you know just because of everything that happens afterwards that's what a lot of people pointed that out too where it was like there's there's times where it's like maybe it would be better to have this match later in the show just as far as like the crowd reaction sort of a thing but because of the way that this show is built to get to this specific moment uh, you had to do it in basically the order that we watched it in right so but at the end of the day um roman would have a guillotine choke on rollins um the crowd was let down of an ending to this match for me yeah i mean you guys because uh we won't go into it but um, I had a rolling commentary, whether I wanted it or not, at times throughout this show last night, um, <laughs> including. Well, because we were we were also assuming that people were watching, but then uh, there was like nobody's watching, so I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it's true, um, including a ending that was panned before I saw this, and that I thought, I mean, yeah, I would have liked to have seen a just a conclusive ending, but I thought it was a really, really good story from the standpoint of the crowd was so hot for Rollins to get that rope break. And when he did, they went nuts. And then Roman just said, fuck it. And choked Rollins until the ref disqualified him. And it was one of those things where it was like, I had complained about, I would, I could argue that all four men involved in the world title matches were heels to a Mm -hmm. large degree. And they kind of, I mean, it's not a double turn because it wasn't both people, but they kind I mean, I would say We'll see how they come out of this. I don't want them to like have him drop the obnoxiousness, but babyface Seth Rollins, you know, you almost kind of walked away from this match with like you now. I think yeah. have a, and I don't think he has to change the character. You know, I I think that like in the right situation, I think this the character has now kind of reached a special level of popularity with the crowd. Well, I think also though it's it's so relevant to only Roman Reigns though because true. Yeah, it's only because Roman is so hated now, and so like right. people are just so ready to see anybody beat this guy, and and it's the WWE is just we're just in a holding pattern until The Rock shows up apparently, and it seems like no matter who it is, we're just gonna see this happen. And it's like Roman's gonna look strong; he's gonna the match ends on his terms, regardless if he you know wins or loses by DQ. But it's it was just for, for me, it was just frustrating. It just felt like. Coming from you know watching the Sammy Guevara beating Cody Rhodes in a ladder ladder match, to wow. then coming to yeah. this and being super excited for this match, liking both these wrestlers, and then to just yeah. have it end with, no, I'm just not going to let go, and we'll just end this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, I get that. Like, it's, yeah, certainly not the most. And it's just it's another thing where it's like, the WWE just continues this like because they're in this holding pattern, just continuing right. to just we're just upsetting the crowd as much as possible with Roman. Like, does, yeah. Well, that's why these Royal Rumble that. title matches are always so disappointing, for, usually anyways, because this time of year, especially in the last five or yeah. six years, is we don't care about who your favorites are. We don't care about who we've built up throughout the year. It's WrestleMania season. 
you're all going to take a back seat to whoever we can talk into coming out of retirement and <laughs> making four appearances for us in the next five months. You know, yeah. like it's yep. just unfortunately what it is like. This has been a Roman Brock collision course. And because for, Roman got COVID and couldn't do the day one match, exactly. we had to then do this. Like, yeah, we'll get to it. There's plenty more fallout <laughs> involving Mr. Reigns throughout the night. Yeah. But now it's time for the ladies Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. DP, well, before we even get into it, because we're going to say a lot of names and things, I just, this stat that I did by doing counting on a results page 15 of the 30 participants in this match yep. are on the current Raw or SmackDown roster. Yes. Half of the and- women in this match either don't work here. Or haven't worked here in a long time. And I'd excuse me. Jeez. I'd argue you could probably put Shayna Baszler on the other side and make this sixteen fourteen if you wanted to talk about like just just not being around or focused on. <laughs> like, well, yeah, she just kind of like yeah. was just like, oh, she's back, great, okay, like, but well, that's the thing. You could her and Shotzi both. Yes, I, yeah, Shotzi they, too. Yeah, they hadn't been around for months. Well, uh, or at least a couple. But yeah, so yeah, two returns in your last two entries. Well, and that was one of those of that, things. I remember know. when we were talking about, you know, each time that we would have another round of layoffs, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, some of this, the women's division is really starting to like get a little bit thin all of a sudden. It was like, yes. you went from having this super like expansive roster to yeah. making it a lot more compact. So the, sure. it, you well. kind of were expecting to see a lot of returns here and they had made announcements of a lot of them, but we still got mm-hmm. some surprises too in this one. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into it. The uh, the entries here. Yeah, Sailor Moon was out first. Um, <laughs> Sasha Banks, uh, the the boss. It's boss time, Tony. Um, How oh, I love it. Did so. This match we had the Raw announcers do right. Like they were they came in right the, here because it was like yes, Pat yeah, and is... Cole started the show, and then I think didn't come back until the main event. <laughs> Yeah, because Pat McAfee made a joke about how he'd been sitting backstage for two and a half hours or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this yeah. was the other guys then. So this was Corey. Yeah, because Corey Graves is in here because of the whole Carmella stuff. Um, yeah, Jimmy Smith and Byron Saxton. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, so we got yeah, Sasha and then our first kind of like surprise, at least. I don't know if they had made the announcement ahead of time, but for me going into it, like I didn't really know a ton about the show going into it. Like I think at the beginning of January, I said I was going to try to pay more attention to WWE. I tried to watch that like first Raw, and I couldn't get into it. So then I was like, "All right, maybe I'll really enjoy this show if I just don't think about anything with WWE until you know, go in right. with as little context as possible." Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Melina, I was excited to see come out. Yeah, number two entry is Melina, who um, they don't give it any love, but she currently does work for the National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah. So. So we had two forbidden doors this week. Oh, at least two. Yeah. Um, yeah, Melina first match in the WWE since 2010. Um, and I was kind of like, all right. And, you know, listen, I'm just not going to be misogynistic, mean man here. Not a big fan of crying before matches start, but we had a very <laughs> emotional Melina. It's like, yeah. how's this always happen with Sasha's in the ring? Everyone's always so sad to be in the ring with Sasha, I guess. Um, yeah overwhelmed by the response i was like all right let's go melina <laughs> now we're done melina. yep she's <laughs> like quick. damn now here's the thing too some of these returns like some people were kind of pissed off about sarah logan folks you have to remember sarah logan hasn't wrestled in you know like some of these mm-hmm. folks couldn't do much more than they that's did true allow them to, you know yeah and like 
But I'm like, no, I'm not going to. You don't get that one with Melina because I just watched that woman have a goddamn yes. 20 minute title match with Camille <laughs> and NWA not that long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know she can work. So whatever. I mean, I guess Sasha doesn't exactly have like her greatest rumble ever. And so maybe trying to give her something strong here at the beginning. I mean, do you think uh, is Sasha like lined up? Obviously, she isn't going to win this match. Um for something Spoiler. at WrestleMania or like, do you think maybe like you could have like Sasha versus like a, a legendary character, like a Molina or a Mickey ah. James or something like that? I mean, anything's on the table. I like to think that they, they're going to do something with Lita at mania. Okay. Just because she made it really kind of sound like in r- promos and interviews that this, she wants to have like a run. You know, oh, I don't okay. feel like it's just this match kind of a thing. Um, because the title matches are set. I would imagine in the women's side of things, yeah. I would, I would imagine you're getting Becky and Bianca. And you're going to get Charlotte and Rousey. Yeah. And so that, you know, exactly. Bailey, That's why I didn't know where, well, yeah, where yeah. that stands with Sasha. Yeah, there's the ever like looming return of Bailey. Mm-hmm. You know, Alexa is going to maybe be back in the mix. And as much as it's kind of hard to remember now because of these last couple of years for her, she was like a perpetual oh, women's yeah. champion and, you know, having matches on pay-per-views with Charlotte and Sasha and people like that. So there's things out there for her to do. Sasha's also just like an odd, she's almost entered this like, Rowdy Roddy Piper phase of her career where she kind of just comes and goes as she pleases. And yeah. it seems like if she has a project that she gets, she wants to work on, they're just like, yeah, that's fine. Go, go, <laughs> go do that. And then like, cause this was like a return for her too. Really? Yeah. She'd kind of, well, she'd returned and said she was going to be in the rumble, but she'd been MIA for a little while. And it was, you know, she got shit going on. I mean, good for her, but <laughs> she, so I'm not sure how, you know what I mean? Like usually yeah. you get to that point, they're not as willing to put you in, the biggest of angles, because mm-hmm. you know, if you can't be counted on, yada yada yada. Anyways, we're only on entry three. For yeah, God's sorry. Sake. All right, it's Tamina <laughs> came out next, um, and she was one of those like throughout the whole match that that or throughout her time in the match that it was just like, oh, Tamina's still in there. Like they just they're really letting her like do a lot like in this in this match, but um, yeah, yeah. She, she was fine. No, they love to like pump Tamina up around, especially she's almost got like the big show deal where they pump her up around rumble time so they can make her an imposing threat in these matches. Yeah. Um, I didn't think about that aspect of it. Yeah. So then we had our, our first legend come out there with our second legend, yes. I guess with Kelly Kelly. Yeah. Yes. Our legend, which I always just, it's a little bit hard for me because she's younger than I am. And she's a <laughs> wrestling legend, which she's a wrestling kind of, legend. Yeah. But she was 25 when she left pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's that's crazy. It's crazy how ago. quick that went. Um, she's 35 years old. But with brown hair, she's almost unrecognizable as far as being Kelly Kelly. <laughs> it is wild, like, how much for her, like, I don't know. You know it changes, like, your entire look. It's kind of wild, actually. Yep. Um, but yeah, then we had the ultimate underdog. It's Aaliyah, who's had a fun kind of, you know, little push over the last few weeks with her breaking world records because the WWE apparently signed some deal with Guinness book of world records. And so they've been using oh, okay. Natalia and Aaliyah to sell copies of that book. So. <laughs> well, Aaliyah to me felt like as far as like in this match, like she was in here a long time and mm-hmm. it's just obvious that she is still very like early, I guess compared to some of these other ladies. Well, their, I mean, look how career. this company works nowadays too. They don't want, they had vets. They didn't want yeah. the vets. You know, you had Mia Yim, you had Mercedes Martinez, you had, mm-hmm. No, no, no. We'll take give give me the twenty one year old girl. Ah, we'll fucking figure it out on TV. It'll be great. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I think I texted you at some point. I was just like, I feel like Aaliyah is like the Cora Jade right now of this of this match. Yeah, no, I but I do think she's she is gaining traction though. She's got 
something about her that does well, connect good. with fans. Speaking of someone that connects with fans, almost to a level of obnoxious. Number six, Liv Morgan, mm-hmm. making her one of the real fan favorites. You know, she's the one picks the picks of many to maybe even win this match. Oh yeah, no, they continue to like think that they're gonna like send her to wrestle main event WrestleMania, and it's like I don't think that the company's gonna do that, but. Um, no, watching with my brother, he doesn't watch wrestling. Like he, he said, like he basically keeps up with the results of AEW on like Twitter and then mm-hmm. like, he'll, you know, read about WWE whenever it pops into his timeline, but he's not necessarily looking out for a lot of it. But Liv Morgan was one of those people that just like, he was, he was like, oh yeah, here comes Liv. Cool. Like he was, she's right. just a person that I, is for some reason, like is very memorable to people and when, when they've not even had to watch all the time. Yeah, and she had uh, a good, pretty good showing in this matchup as well. She lasted a fairly long time. But number seven, also from Raw, it's one half of the women's tag team champions. Yes, those still exist. It's Queen Zelina. Yeah. Who would also spell the end for one Kelly Kelly, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Yep. But yeah, Queen Zelina came out. She had some sort of outfit that was a reference to something that I didn't understand, and people kept making <laughs> comments about it. I'm sure it was very important. But number eight, another runaway favorite in this match from Raw, it's Bianca Belair. Did you see the the tweet from her this morning of the video of the little girl like crying because Bianca Belair didn't win the Royal Rumble? Oh God. I was like stuff. I always worry about crisis actors in situations like that and parents that are weirdos. Yeah, I'm always yeah, I'm always a little <laughs> bit worried about like the person that's behind the camera that's like talking their child through a crying session like through a lens, but yeah. That is a little bit weird, but it just as far as like just like it, her sentiment reaching Bianca and like her Bianca responding it was fun. Oh no, that's always it's always very sweet and you see that a lot um especially it seems like on the women's side of things with just cute videos like that with mm. these, you know, girls that are all in on their favorites and have their hearts broken because Vince McMahon doesn't like to give the fans what they want. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Bianca, another iron person in um, this rumble match as well. And she's going to be in here for a very long time. I think almost yeah. about 50 minutes or so. Yeah. And then came out um, unrecognizable Dana Brooke. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah the 24 seven champion. Dana, what have you done to yourself? Twenty four seven champion too, and and it's like, did they even mention that? Like, I it was one of those things. I learned she was twenty four seven champion because well, Reggie halfway came out through with her. the show later, and then I was like, yeah. really feels like they should have mentioned that when she came out. Yeah, Reggie came out with her, so that was kind of the you know, oh, okay the tell there, I suppose. But yeah, no, I mean they didn't make a huge deal about it. Didn't he catch her for like one save at least, or did he catch someone else? Yes, that happened. Yeah, there was okay. a whole Reggie save Dana moment. Nice. Um, then the tenth entrant, a third through things here. It's Michelle Undertaker, Michelle McCool. Yeah, everyone's favorite legend. Remember Michelle McCool? It's like I remember, you know, Lay Cool, but I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, no Michelle McCool's fine. fine, but it's it was one of those things too where it was like this isn't. I, I've never been a huge Michelle McCool fan, so I guess anytime that she's made her returns, I'm like, well, you know, great. I mean, she's still got the connection with Undertaker, so that makes cool. sense that she would have, you know, they'd have access to asking if she wants to come back. But the next bit of interest that happens in the Rumble with the 11th entry is one half of the kind of unnamed authority that yeah. they drive me crazy with in this kind. But anyway, it's Sonya Deville. Yeah, this was um, this was one of the out. characters I think as she was making her entrance was when I started that theory earlier that we discussed about like 
me caring or not caring about different women in, in the companies. Because <laughs> I was like, uh, Sonya is one of those things, like, they, with, because they've been so weird about, like, the, the authority figure aspect of it. And then, like, the right. sudden, like, just hatred of Naomi that's been for going on for forever, it seems like. Yeah. I just like I I just don't want like just go away. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I think this is one of the more one of the more interesting things in this match is just because they have been going on so long with her and Naomi. Yeah. And uh, I liked the jacket on, jacket off thing with her being um, the authority figure. She goes directly to the announce table, which and uh, this was another thing though that they continue to do with different the Royal Rumbles every year of of like. The rules shifting. Like, do you have to be in the ring by the time the next entrant makes it into the ring, or do you not right. have to be in the ring? <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's true. They they're very inconsistent with that. You know, there's no doubt about it. So yeah. Sonya comes out um, to the commentary desk. The twelfth person would be Natalia, who would also be in the match for a very long time. They really uh, built up for a while with the women. Like there was like two big buildups in the women's Royal Rumble. I feel like where it was like suddenly it was like, all right, we need somebody to come out and. Clear house a little bit. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, so Sonya is still on commentary when the 14th entry comes out. Or there's a 13th, I'm sorry. 13th, yeah, is Cameron. Cameron? Whew. Cameron, don't say anything bad about her on the internet. Although, um, I think I've, I've heard multiple people pointed out, but the, like I, I'm sure you know everybody pointed out, but it was just interesting that, you know, You've got Melina, and, and they just couldn't let her be in the match long enough for her to be in here with Cameron, who's a big fan of Melina. So, ah, yes. Uh, well, yeah. So Cameron, her first appearance since 2014. Um, Deville, who I also kind of loved the fact that she acted like she didn't know who Cameron was because that <laughs> made me laugh. Um, Deville then kind of asked, like, "Oh, that's Naomi's friend." So she she'd probably be pretty upset if something happened to her, right? And they're like, "Well, yeah." And so Sonya just proceeded to get into the match and eliminate Cameron immediately. Yes. So that made me happy. The crowd was not thrilled about that. Yeah, that was fun. Um, but wouldn't you know it, the 14th entry, we didn't quite get our Funkadactyls reunion, but here comes Naomi, who, of course, <laughs> is not happy with uh, Miss Sonya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know that was you know their their feud continues through this match basically like it's gonna go on from this point as well, um, right? So yeah, they they battle it out or whatever, and then out next was Carmella, and that was another whole ordeal where my brother was confused about what was happening with like her and like the mask and and talking at ah, the yeah. announcers, and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, there's a lot to explain. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, she wears the mask to protect her face and. Corey Graves is her boyfriend, so that's why you have to put up with him saying so much about her. Yes. But the 16th entry is Rhea Ripley, another one of the favorites in the matchup, as she comes out in a fairly prime spot here in the middle of things. Mm-hmm. But she would be followed by... She ended up getting, the- like, three... Didn't she have, like, fairly, like, quickly, like, she got rid of, like, three people or whatever? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember who else she... Yeah, she got rid of Carmella... She got rid of uh, Zelina. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. not sure. But definitely those two. Because she's been feuding with those two on Raw with the tag belts and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, but number 17th entry is the reigning SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, who entered herself into this match and <laughs> was going to determine who would get the opportunity to face her at WrestleMania. But This was when I went, oh, okay, so I guess there isn't a, a, a championship match for her belt on this show. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, like, oh, okay. we need we needed her to be in the match, all right? If they didn't have Charlotte, there would have been 29 women in this thing. 
but then number 18, one of my favorite moments in this match, it's Ivory in full right to censor get up here. Just uh, one of those ladies that's like seemingly has been in wrestling for all time mm-hmm. as far as yeah. she television is, history. We've talked about how we've yeah. found her in every little company throughout the early 90s before she made her like run in WWE during the Attitude Era. Um, yeah, 60 years old. Yeah. Tina Moretti is here. Uh, yep, so it makes sense that thing. she doesn't do a whole lot during this match. <laughs> no, she shames everyone involved. Um, but yeah, she was quickly eliminated by Rhea Ripley. So yeah, uh, but it was still a fun moment. Cool to see her. Definitely uh, get that chance there. But we then move on to our next entry. It's another Hall of Famer, DP. Mm-hmm. The greatest theme song in pro wrestling. Oh, Brie Mode. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it's Brie Bella. Yep. What it be? Yeah, the most important women in the history of professional wrestling, if you ask this company. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're like... There is no one... They're trendsetters, DP. They they set the stage for women to be able to the, express themselves. The Bella Reality Empire. God. Yes, no, but Brie Bella is, is out here, and we learn very quickly why... Uh, <laughs> why Daniel or Brian Danielson was saying that he like specifically wasn't going to do the yes, yes, yes thing. He's like, well, I've given, I've given that to Brie now that is bestowed upon her. <laughs> she does the yes, right. yes, yes with the crowd. Yeah. And they did bunch of marks. Anyways, the number 20 entry Hey, of the Bellas. I think I, I'll take Brie wrestling over. <laughs> well, there's only two Nikki right now. So yeah. I, okay. Of the two. Yeah. I mean, if there's a, if you had to pick one, I guess. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I took, I don't I think I'd actually go the other way on that. Actually. Um, number 20, the Impact Wrestling Women's Champion. It's Mickey James, who also came out to her hardcore country theme song. How about that? Yeah. Yep, so, that was fun. Cool. And, she, you know, the, the graphics said Impact Wrestling Champion. She had the belt on. Yeah. Like, that was the big question on what was going to happen there. But that's why when it did happen and she had the belt on, I was kind of hoping that she would win this match and go on to have the match with, like, Charlotte at WrestleMania. But. She said she was going to defend her title, her impact title at WrestleMania if she won this match. So nice. But now we'll never know. Nope. Nope. And then, and then we, we got didn't... everyone's favorite legend, Alicia Fox. You better watch that sarcasm, dude. She's another one where it's just not even worth expressing <laughs> your true opinions about her because she is beloved by many. Yes. Alicia Fox at 21 and then at 22. Yes. Somewhere in this mix of like, 12 straight entrants, one currently employed woman enters this match, and it's number 22's yeah. Nikki, almost a superhero. Yep, the Ash is here. <laughs> the Ash is here. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, goes pretty much immediately, like, with Rhea, you know, that's She's, been actually good stuff. She was tricky. She came in from the back way. She didn't come down the ramp. Because, um, yeah. you know, as soon as the music hit, then Rhea was ready for her, but she came in from behind and attacked. and. Mm. That always Gorilla works. Monsoon would have called it Pearl Harboring, but that's insensitive, so I wouldn't call it that. But dude, he I've I've now turned to like the WrestleMania's playing in the background <laughs> as I'm playing video games. I'm on like four. God damn it, I wish I could remember which match it was. He says Pearl Harbor like eight times in like the last two minutes of a match. It's just over and over. It's like you know you can just describe it as like attack from behind. A sneak like attack. A couple yeah. of times. A sneak attack. Like you could say that a few different ways, man. But damn, he's just adamant about it. Oh, Ah, uh, but yeah. So number twenty three, you want to talk about and whatever. I mean, it's a bit of a disappointment. Summer Ray is your twenty third entry. She had done maybe the most like 
talking online and like starting little spats on Twitter. Oh, nice. The whole like people were questioning whether or not she was a legend. And there was the, so I was like, oh man, maybe Summer Rae's even gearing. She doesn't, she, she comes in and out. Like it is like Santino Morello level stuff here, isn't it? Like it it's is quick. Yeah. It wasn't long for old Summer Rae. So I was a little surprised to see that. No, yeah, Summer Rae is is not out there for a real long time. She's another lady though, like get like Kelly Kelly when like with the brown mm. hair, I was like she looks completely different. And <laughs> yeah. also it's just like Trish since Stratus she's not too. wrestling, she's yeah. like leaned out even more. So like my brother even mentioned like when she got thrown out, he was like, I was worried her arms were gonna break. <laughs> they might have. They might have. <laughs> Trish Stratus is another one. Like since she's gone to mm-hmm. Burnett, it's like a different person. Anyways, number twenty four, my favorite Bella, as we've now decided in this over the course of covering this match, Nikki Bella. Yep. Um, comes out. And this is when uh, we get the, yeah. t- this is when I was just like, what is going on with your directing WWE? Like, they cut away from so many things in this match. Yes. And so then many entrances are missed. The cuts were, you know, just like the action cuts were not great. And then there's a lot of stuff that's missed. Entrances are missed. This one, you've got Nikki Bella, who, how many years has she been doing the same entrance where she rips her shirt off and like, that's the big moment of her entrance? <laughs> And they, they literally, yes. like, she goes to grab, they cut to the ring to yeah. someone leaning in the corner, throwing it's, elbows, and then well, we cut back yeah. and the shirt's off. <laughs> it's lewd, okay? Listen, they're trying to run a family show here. Yeah, we're back to we PG era. That's what it is. We don't we don't need busty lady ripping shirts off. Okay? AEW's throwing F-words on the air, so we're going to go the complete opposite way and, and make That's it right. so that you can't even see Nikki Bella remove an outer shirt over her yeah. main shirt. Well, it's suggestive, okay? Um, number 25. You're not wrong there. It is suggestive. Is the returning Viking lady herself. It's Sarah Logan of the Riot Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big, big cheer here. Crowd is very happy to see Miss Logan. Um, as were many folks, including her friend Liv Morgan. They got to have a nice little, let's have a cry during the Royal Rumble match <laughs> moment. And, uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Um, I know people were upset about how quickly she was gone, but, they did, you know, they were, the, the Bellas were on a terror at this. This is yeah. bad timing for her. They were being mean and throwing out everybody you like. And unlike, unlike, uh, you know, unlike, uh, Becky Lynch and, and right. so many of these other moms that are knew they were coming back to wrestling, like she's yeah. a person that didn't have a job in wrestling and just had a child. And so, like, <laughs> I doubt yeah. that she really wanted to be throwing herself around all that much. Yeah. I'm not sure how much, yeah, she had to kind of offer here. So it was just a great chance for her to come back and be in the match there's 20, if you yes. if you are like looking to you know have that like sentimental feelings about all these ladies coming back they every one of these women then had to cut a wwe.com exclusive two-minute interview True. talking about how wonderful it was to be in front of the wwe crowd and all that other stuff yeah i know i saw the sarah logan one and a couple Mickey others, james so. i saw yeah, melina mm-hmm. i saw mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so yeah number 26 speaking of her is Hall of Famer Lita making a return. A another one of the favorites, I would have to say, as far as just someone that they put a lot of time into promoting mm-hmm. this match. She was on SmackDown, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, is, but it was not to be, unfortunately, no. for Miss Lita. No, she would not be in here super long. Um, the the thing with Lita though is like if if she's gonna do this run, it's I'm just interested to see how it looks, how how it holds up, you know, because. The, she was great for her time, and right. I like Lita a lot. I think she, you know, she's got the charisma and everything, but I don't right. know that she has the technical abilities that a lot of these other, you know, she, it'd be a lot of like well, you're going to need like a Charlotte or somebody to kind of lead her through the match. 
I'm also just kind of convinced that they're going to have to do something because I don't know if you saw like the reports or like a lot of what maybe even led to this appearance from Lita in the Rumble is that AEW tried to sign her. Mm. Like she was okay. She was just she well. Was Jeff's just about, available. Matt's yeah, available. <laughs> she was apparently she was about to sign with AEW, and that wow. Tony Khan had even had expressed like a run, like giving her like uh-huh. a potential like championship run in the company. Yeah, like a whole big like return, and and she went kind of like back CM Punk here, style sort of thing, right? And instead, WWE sweetened their side of it, and so she. Kind of like with Edge. They did the same thing with Edge a couple years ago when he showed up to the Royal Rumble. He was going to, mm-hmm. his return to wrestling was going to be an AEW until, you know, they worked things out there. Yeah. So it makes me think that unless they're just real big shitheads and they don't follow through, that at least something at Mania with nice. her, I would imagine, is in the, is in the cards. So well, maybe that'll be what uh, Sasha can do then. Yeah. Maybe Sasha and Lita or Lita and Trish against like Sasha and Bailey. Didn't they already do that though? Anyways. Um, number 27, Hall of Famer Mighty Molly. And I was literally like, you guys are really bad at booking matches sometimes. Because Nikki Ash literally was eliminated and like the horn went off and here comes Mighty Molly. And I was just like, <laughs> nobody back there thought like, hey, maybe we've got. I mean, they did get, we got an interaction. I know, I but know. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was getting there. Yeah. And I was like, so, but they knew as Nikki in a rage attacked Molly. Um you know, before she was really able to get into the ring and do much of anything. So, yeah. Still cool to see. Always good to see Molly, who also, by the way, produced this match. So pretty cool um, historical note there is Mighty Molly. Molly Holly um, was a producer of this ladies rumble match and she took part in it. So, ah, okay. Now, hold on now, because Molly Holly was eliminated by Nikki Ash. And Ash was, was eliminated by Rousey. By Ash? Ash was eliminated by Rousey. So, like, she was in there until the next entry. Oh, well, she attacked her, like, before she got into the ring, I guess. No, she so did, yeah, because she, like, attacks her from the side, like. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's right. You're right. So, But either way, it, yeah, it was, you know, there was, you know, we got the two superheroes, the babyface right. one and the heel one, so. Right. It was Civil um, War. So, so then we go to Matt to our 28th entry. And this is another one that DP ruined for me. It was the return of Ronda Rousey. Again, I know I forgot. Like, I I don't know. I just I expected you to be more like keeping up, keeping up with this one more than because you were idea. waiting for I when didn't... whenever the men's match was going on. I thought maybe like you were like keeping up with updates, waiting oh, to get no. Jason, you know, put it on for you and Jason to watch. Oh no, you're right. Gotcha. No, and I had yeah, I had no inkling that this is even like in the cards like as a possibility so I was, no i didn't either yeah this was kind of a so, surprise i was i was pretty excited about the, the just i didn't expect myself to be as excited about the return right but it was it was cool well because she's the star and everyone can cry into their wheaties today about this but there's a reason they brought her back and there's a reason why she won yeah so uh um, yeah so ronda rousey is your 28th entry you know big cool moment crowd is you know really excited she's like got said, she's got, she's got her undertaker shane mcmahon punches going Listen, because she will kill you if she doesn't, <laughs> all right? <laughs> You're better no. off if her punches don't look great, because if they look it, good, it's probably because your ass is loopy now. But, like, that was, like, one of the first things, like, she got in there, and, like, one of the first people she put in the corner, she starts throwing the punches, and my brother yeah. just starts quoting Michael Cole. He's like, the best striker in the yeah. history of our oh, sport. <laughs> don't worry, the best striker in the history of our sport 
makes oh, an appearance. Oh, I know. Night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 29 is the returning Shotzi. Don't call me Blackheart because God knew you, her last name wasn't going to make it to the main uh, roster. So frustrating with the last Order name. Tank, I don't understand it, but yeah. Well, let's see if we can strip everything away from these NXT characters that made them unique and then see if they can get over. Yeah, that's how you know. That's how you know that they're really a quality wrestler. Oh, speaking of that, number 30 is Shayna Baszler, another woman who at one time looked like was gonna be top mm-hmm. of the card and no no we gotta we gotta break her down for a year or so and then see if she's still willing <laughs> to do what we tell her that's how it works around here no but she's um, she's also one of those wrestlers that it's like if they just flip the switch and let her do her thing like well they like you did establish it very easily right. she did remember when she eliminated everybody in that elimination chamber match yeah to earn her title match with that's becky right. at wrestlemania and yeah. all that stuff i mean yeah, and then they had turned her into a vampire, and then they <laughs> got scared that they did that, and they just took her off. T- anyways, so um, everybody's in there. Flair has hung in there. You know, she uh, eliminates Lita, which doesn't make anybody happy. No, um, so that has that leave that left it with Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, Bianca Belair, and Shayna Baszler as your final four. Um, there were some fun kind of almost teaming up things with Shayna and Ronda, but instead they just didn't. Mm-hmm. So maybe down the road. Yeah, we'll they see. made sure to call, um, you know, they they called it out with the announcers and stuff, but yeah, yeah it's we'll not see. quite maybe a that's something down the road. Yeah, Charlotte would eliminate That's probably Bianca the Belair. that's probably their Saudi match. That's probably what oh, that is. God. Probably. Charlotte eliminates Bianca Belair and Shayna. Dude, Charlotte so. was just like eliminated everybody, man. Well, she's Charlotte. It's LOL Charlotte wins. Um so then the end was kind of like abrupt. Like, it okay, was whoa. Yep. Whoa, whoa. Oh, you guys didn't really milk that. We got um, down to yeah. the last two, and my brother and I both said, like, we're like, this would be, like, a good match to do, like, the Undertaker Shawn Michaels ending to right. Royal Rumble. But it was like, nope, I'm going to nope. charge you once. You're going to duck a kick, and we're done. Yeah, I mean, it was. Charlotte <laughs> charged at her. Ronda just kind of, like, lifted her up and out of the mat, out of the ring and won the match. And uh, Ronda Rousey is back, and she's earned herself a women's championship match at WrestleMania 38. Mm-hmm. She did a much better job pointing at the sign. She's She lit she's it on fire. That, she's got that. Yeah, I forgot about that story. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. You guys got it. Maybe that was best when you guys didn't have pyro, because you well, obviously what, can't be trusted with it. I heard a bunch of people pointing out, they're like, it's a sign. You could just, like, make the sign digital yeah. and have it, like, do whatever you want, like, with, like, graphics <laughs> and stuff. You don't need pyro yeah. going off on the sign. Like, <laughs> and literally, they haven't learned their lesson either. No, it's like you. Apparently, really... it caught fire twice on this show. Like Sean Rossap posted a second video going Jesus. like it's on fire again. <laughs> yeah, so not great. Uh, um, so that then, so yeah, so Ronda Rousey's your winner. Yay, that's pretty much all. all yeah, for it looks now. like she's going after Charlotte because of the way that it ended. The WWE also is though, like that's the one thing that I feel like a lot of people continue to talk about when they're reviewing the Royal Rumble. Like, oh, yeah. this person had this interaction, so maybe they're going into feud. Right. We've done this for like how many years that we've watched these yeah. Royal Rumbles in the last like couple of years, and it's like they set up things and they had no intentions of no. making them into programs. <laughs> True. No, no intentions. You're not wrong there, because you could also. I mean, there's a very strong point aside from the fact that the Becky Bianca stuff goes back to SummerSlam. Becky is the only person to beat Ronda. Yes. Yeah. And she didn't even beat Ronda. She made Charlotte tap out in the triple threat yeah. match. And that is Ronda's only loss. That makes sense. Yeah. In the company. So, I mean, we'll see. And again, you don't got to like it. And oh, the Bianca fans would hate it. But Becky and Ronda is 
box office. Oh, it'd be a big opinion. match for sure. You know, yeah. like that's what I say about F your feelings this WrestleMania season, folks. Like this is just how it's been the last few years. Oh, did you like, did you like uh, the Fiend as the champion? Goldberg wins. Yes. But did you, did you like CM Punk as the champion? Rock wins. Oh, but oh, did, like did you like Kevin Owens as the champion? <laughs> Goldberg wins. Like they don't yeah. care. They're looking for three or four marquee matches to put up there and they could give a shit who had a big year, you mm-hmm. know? So we'll see. I would do Becky and Rhonda. That's just me. But then I'd really piss the internet off. I'd do Becky, Rhonda, and Charlotte again. But that's yeah. just me. Put into the death spot, though, following up the very first rumble in the show, we have yeah. Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop for the women's championship for Raw. Yeah. Becky got the win with the manhandle slam off the second rope. This is a good match, though. Like, I will oh, say, yeah. like, so, you know, we were drinking, enjoying the show and everything, mm-hmm. and like, other than the crowd being a little weird during this match, which we didn't understand because we didn't know about this sign being on fire and them evacuating oh, part right. of the building yeah. and right. like having to lower the WrestleMania sign, repair it and put it back yeah. up there. And like, oh, yeah. that was all happening. So obviously the crowd is a little distracted by this, all of that going on. Sure. Um, but I thought that this was a good match, you know, but it is one of those things too, though, like the manhandle slam off the top rope. It's, it's not really, it, it feels like it's just now it's just a rock bottom. <laughs> well, you can make that argument. No, I was really impressed with this. I thought it was a great showing for Dewdrop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she is probably gained some favor. You know what I mean? Like they put her in this opportunity, and I thought she really ran with it and looked oh, strong. Yeah. And uh, you know, I hope good things for her Definitely. moving forward. So then it was time for a Brock Lesnar match. And it went about like every Brock Lesnar match, except for maybe the end of it. It was for the WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar defending against Bobby well, Lashley. Lashley got to hit a few suplexes too, but yeah, a few. I, I loved when Lashley said, "I'm done taking suplexes." Did you did you remember that spot <laughs> in the match when there's like a German suplex where Lashley just rolls to his side and lands on like his elbow, <laughs> and it was just I looked at that as that was Lashley going Brock. I'm yeah. done. Yep. Like, <laughs> stop dropping me on the back of my fucking head, dude. Um, so yeah, it was a big old hoss fight, though. It was pretty. It was fun. It was pretty fun. You know, we had Lashley yeah. hitting two spears on Lesnar, but he rolled out of the ring like the savvy ring vet that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Then right. the betrayal took place. As here comes the chief, the tribal chief. Mr. Roman Reigns and just, you know, gets in the ring, motions to Paul Heyman and uh, receives the belt. And Paul has officially turned on Brock and made this an official babyface versus heel dynamic and is now back to being with the tribal chief as his wise man. Which, whatever, it's all fine. I mean, it's all make it's all better than what we had talked about, how I didn't think it made a lot of sense for Paul to be like, in the babyface situation here. Yeah. You know, like, you don't just get to be a shithead and then like, but now I'm good. It's like, well, you're the bad part of any part of any of this. Like, you should yes. be with whoever the bad person is. So it at least makes sense. It would all make even more sense after the men's rumble match, which we'll get to. Because, mm-hmm. boy, they there was no changing their minds on this collision course here. So, no, um, but yeah, we they, did have the, uh, Lashley gets the victory after yeah. that. Oh, I'm so. sorry, yeah. Yeah, Lashley would get the win after Reigns laid Lesnar out. I'm not in love with that either. I just feel like it's another one of those where it's like, you're right back where you were, 
when you had gotten to Big E. You know what I mean? Like at the yeah. end of the day, I just continue to think like, who really got screwed out, screwed in all this is Big E. Yes. Because now you're back to Lashley as champion. Yep. And where does E stand in any of this? So mm-hmm. ugh, whatever. Next Mary match though, was Tech. fun. Yes. What's that? I so said the next match I thought was fun though. Like I enjoyed oh, yeah, it. The, yeah, the, yeah, the mixed married tag with Edge and Beth. It was actually a uh, Luna Vachon look she was going for, DP. Okay. As she tweeted t- today with a side-by-side picture. Nice. But also very Bonacano looking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on Miz and Maurice. Um, this was one yeah, that like I didn't fun. take like super seriously going into it. It's not like a program yeah. that I you know like am deeply invested in. But just watching it here, I just was like, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, the, like the double teams and stuff I thought was fun. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. like, you know, people that were saying the referee was really lax as far as that goes. Yeah, probably. Miz got basically double teamed the entire match, but it's, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. In the end, Edge and Phoenix they hit double spears. And then we got uh, glam slams from both of them on the Miz and Reese. And that would be enough to get the win. For old Edge and Murray and Beth Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So what did they do at Royal Rumble or at WrestleMania? Um, I don't know because I would have thought that it's maybe it's they're going to take on uh, Team RK Bro, but uh, <laughs> Riddle will just be in drag and be being okay. playing the female side of the match. That's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know because I thought that maybe Miz and Reese would win this match and that. Edge would be uh, looking for revenge at WrestleMania, but now, yeah, that doesn't seem necessary. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, too much know. grit. Not, yeah, they're the grit family. But yeah. now it's time for the main event: the men's thirty-man Royal Rumble match. Winner earning a championship at WrestleMania thirty-eight. And uh, oh boy, this one's got some ups and downs. Yeah, I will say at least everybody outside of like three people currently work for this company, so. Nice. Uh, I appreciated that from a you know mm-hmm. interest standpoint. No, it was in- that was interesting, and then also just like the fact that like nobody from NXT was on either of these was kind of interesting. The way like after years of those people kind of sh- popping in and showing up, but well, and also when you think about Finn Balor wasn't in this match. No, yeah, Finn C- Balor. Did you Cesaro. see his tweeting? His tweeting. Yeah, Cesaro wasn't in this match. Like there was a lot of. It's kind of yeah. it was wild to see how many names were actually left out. So did you did. I didn't. Did you did you see his tweets? Who's that? Finn Balor. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Now, during the Royal Rumble, apparently he he was at a uh, a bar with his wife and and it just oh, like okay. tweeted a picture and and it was like a so it was like you know beer and he just wrote like thirty pints instead ah, of <laughs> nice nice. Um, yeah, yeah we was kick it. things off with AJ Styles from Raw entering number one, and he would be met with entry number two. It's the Intercontinental Champion from SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Because when Shinsuke came out, then I was like, wait, who's the U.S. Champion? So that, that's what led to me Googling and realizing that Dana Brooke was the 24-7 Champion. Um, ah, yes, yeah. Damian Priest is your U.S. Champion. Yes. Yeah, which, goodness, that, that character has fallen off a cliff for me. Um, but yeah, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, that's a matchup that I'm always interested to see, and it was kind of sure. it's fun to... Have that like referenced back here with them getting you know a couple minutes here by themselves to get this match underway. Um, yeah, yeah, and the crowd was uh, really excited to see Nakamura when his music hit. I thought he got a pretty good reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three was Vince McMahon's pet project, Austin Theory. Yeah, 
dressed Ugin in his uh, his Johnny Gargano themed entry uh, gear, wrestling gear. The way he is a former family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, then at number four, we had to take away his fun entrance theme so he wouldn't cheer him. It's Robert Rude, <laughs> who came out to the Dirty Dogs music, yep. which is a bad mashup of Dolph Ziggler's and his music. Which is, you know, traditional for WWE. Oh, it's but... very traditional. Yeah, but Robert Rude wouldn't last very long, though. He'd get in, get a, yeah. you know, get eye contact with AJ, and then bloop. Right yeah, well, up. AJ Styles eliminated the majority of the first 10 entries or so. Yeah. Um, Robert Rude would enter and be eliminated quickly. The fifth entry is the returning Ridge Holland in his protective mask that wrestling loves to utilize. Um, yeah, it's so the Carmella the big... of the men's side. Yeah, the big man is back. Um, number six was Montez Ford. Mm-hmm. He was very excited to be in this match. No, uh, I like you know that's that was fun to get Montez Ford out there, but it was one of those s- things like I don't know. Keep going. Yeah, no. Number seven is the U.S. champion Damian Priest. Yeah, so we've got quite a fun group of folks involved here early on, but now it's time for, but it's also like, there's not like any memorable spots that's that have happened so far in this match to me. Like other than like Robert Rude and AJ looking at each other, like, and they get the TNA chant. Yeah. Like that was cool. But then it's ever since then, it's just guys coming in, leaning, Mm -hmm. punching, like, you know, doing simple moves in the corners. Yeah. Well, cause that's, yeah. Cause we're now, we're about, we're approaching the first angle in the match. As our eighth entry is Sami Zayn, who comes in, and he is followed immediately by the ninth entrant, one of our surprise special guests. It's Johnny Knoxville from Jackass. Oh, yeah. Entering the Royal Rumble match. Who could believe it? Brought out by uh, Preston Lacey, Wee Man, and Mm -hmm. one of the new guys that's in the Jackass crew that I don't know the name of because I haven't seen the movie yet. That they're trying to not show you that are in the movie because you're going to be disappointed when you see it. And you're like, who are all these fucking new people? Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, Uh, Yeah. So Johnny. Wee Man was was there after being thrown through a table by Brock Lesnar the night before. Like, yeah, I'm sure that if anybody but Brock had done that, they probably (laughs) would have said something. Um, So Johnny goes right after Sami Zayn. Um, Knoxville then kind of got his ass kicked by a few of the wrestlers before Zayn then got. His revenge on the jacks at the jackass star and eliminated him. Yeah, um, but then AJ Styles threw out Sami Zayn. So, yep, yeah, Sami Zayn has continued to. I mean, it's it's fun to see him have these like angles with these guys like that are coming into the the company and doing these things. And I've yeah. been I've been enjoying just about everything they've let Sami Zayn do over the last you know two years. But man, it's oh, yeah, one the, of those guys also that it's like I know he's also like one of the best wrestlers they have on the company and it. Just it, he doesn't get utilized that way, and he just signed a new contract. So yeah, not going anywhere. Uh, number ten. <laughs> well, that, of half, course, you yes. know Kevin signed a new contract, so Sammy has to. We've got to have another seven matches. So seems like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the tenth entry is the other half of the Street Profits. It's Angelo Dawkins who comes out. Yay! But again, the next int- bit of interest that happens is the eleventh entrant. It's the big man, almost. Uh, yeah. Almost is going to get a lot of eliminations here very quickly, but yeah, including both Street Profits, the U.S. champion Damian Priest. Priest, but, Priest was yeah. dropped so unceremoniously. I was like, you have been focusing on this character so much I TV worry. time, and what yeah. is going on? Like, <laughs> well, you know what? I could see in his future. 
Damien Priest almost U.S. title. Ah, okay. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll see. Cause dude, we can hate it, but they almost is a runaway train. They love him. <laughs> uh, number 12 is Ricochet. You forgot. I and still I, work for this company. Didn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm that Ricochet. guy. And then number 13, I mentioned we get there quickly because it's Chad Gable. And this is when we finally have some level of a plan created to try to take out the big man. Almost. Yes. Uh, Dominic Mysterio would also enter the match at 14 before we would finally get a collective effort from the men involved. It's amazing how rarely this happens or how rarely it works also. Yeah. You know, but this one actually did surprisingly mm-hmm. enough. So yeah, the whole gang threw almost out and you can thank the leader of the alpha Academy, Chad mm-hmm. Gable. for organizing I will say other, like I liked the Chad Gable side of things and that's fun. Oh dude. But man, He's so good. The list of names that have come out in this match, like we're going to get, we're about to get to happy Corbin and like, yeah. At this point in the match is when I was just like, Jesus, guys, what is this? Is this is what we've got this year? Like, yeah. Well, and the music sucks. That's the thing that I saw a lot of talk of is like you hadn't heard a lot of these guys' entrance yes. themes because sometimes they're just yep. already in the ring and stuff like that. <laughs> Holy hell, this company has some. Because I was thinking about the Rumble, you're excited. Oh yeah, that first note of the theme song, and you go, Oh mm-hmm. yeah, shit. There's like four people in this match that I think I recognized their theme song when it hit. So. <laughs> It's always like they have to, you have to wait for them to actually turn the corner, and then it's like, oh, yeah, this guy, okay. Because even Dolph Ziggler, who came out at 16, they yep. had his Dirty Dogs music, so you didn't even recognize it. <laughs> uh, I think he set a record? Or no, no, he's maybe like one shy of the record for entries into a Rumble match. I could match. see I that like, being the case. Like 15? Maybe not 15, that's crazy, but it's a lot. So. He's been around for like 12 years in this company. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, he's just shy, one shy of like Kane, I think. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, Dolph Ziggler's out at 16. Number 17, I do recognize this guy's music. It's Sheamus mm-hmm. who makes his way to the ring. Always a threat in these Rumble matches. You never know when they're going to decide they like Sheamus again. I woke up the next day. My brother had woken up just slightly before me, and he had threw on Peacock and was watching the 2010 like uh, Armageddon ah. for some reason. But Okay. But when he was watching that, it was like we saw a bunch of wrestlers like, man, it's just crazy how many of these guys are still around. That's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and how many they've just recently gotten rid of that were there not mm-hmm. too terribly long ago. Oh, yeah. And speaking of guys that like you don't recognize, here comes Rick Boogs looking like completely different now and doing a weird gimmick. Yeah, the jacked-up Freddie Mercury, as Pat McAfee loves to refer to him as. Yeah. But we don't get much action until the 19th man enters the match. It's Madcap Moss, as he and the happy one, Mr. Corbin, Go about eliminating some of your fan favorites like Ricochet and Dominic Mysterio. Before yeah. Ricochet, Ricochet, I'll give you Dominic Mysterio. I don't know if I like people. Although, like the Mysterios, I, although I will say, like it was John <laughs> Pollock and Wei Ting pointed out, they're like, you spent how much TV time focused on what's going to happen if Ray and Dominic are in this match at the same time, <laughs> and they are yeah. not even near each other in this match. <laughs> It, it definitely does not end up mattering at all. You're not wrong about that. Um, Riddle comes out at number 20, but the another one of the big moments, big happenings here, the 21st man returning from injury by surprise, I guess. This is one of those, like, you're projecting a surprise here. I, yes. He's been out for, like, two weeks, guys. But anyways, it's Drew McIntyre making his return here, much, of course, to the dismay of Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss, the men that took the Scottish man out a few weeks ago. So mm-hmm. 
good to see Drew. Good reaction from the crowd. And he got rid of those two idiots. So I'm, of course, forever grateful for that. Drew, don't have to worry about Happy Corbin or Mad Cat Moss winning. Yeah, and I was explaining to Jordan my my theory of Drew uh, McIntyre, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns all being the same person, but Control T and just slightly different variations of like sizes. I was like, <laughs> they all have the same beard, they all have the same hair, and then you just up up or down them. Um, yeah, no, uh, yeah. Now we've I got. I don't disagree. Kevin Owens coming out here, the Vince McMahon's previous favorite guy throughout the pandemic. Um, but re-signed recently as well. Kevin Owens made his way out. Yeah, Kevin Owens is out. The twenty-third entry is Ray Mysterio, who mm-hmm. you know comes out to the delight of the crowd in the building. And then it's time for the twenty-fourth entry from the New Day. It's Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I was. Oof. Who, like Icarus, flew too close to the sun one too many times this year. It's one of those things, though, like someone pointed out, they're like, the the interesting thing about him failing this time is the fact that we've never seen him fail in how long of doing this, right. these things. Right. Like, oh, I know. It's wild how like consistent he has been up until this point. But then I did hear that, like, apparently this really messed up a lot of other like things that they had planned for this match. Like there was supposed to be like a big, big E influence with the Kofi later oh, on no. spots that were planned later on. And they just couldn't do them because it's even oh. funny. Like he jumps, hits the barricade and you see his feet obviously hit. And then you yeah. see him like turn he and tries. look at the ref being like, can we play it off? Yeah, <laughs> can I he stay tries this so match? hard. It's like, no, sorry, man. He. It was funny because like they they couldn't i think they just knew they couldn't because oh, i was yeah. like i was like are they gonna try to fucking fudge this and i was like nope we're gonna show replays from right both sides right <laughs> i was like okay i guess we're not even gonna try all right whatever oh. and i also of course told the kevin owens getting a little too much shit online today from you psychopaths out there like, oh kevin pushed too hard <laughs> pushed too hard like it was a it's a risky move. Yeah. It was always a risky move, especially you know in that situation. Accidents don't happen. They're all they're all uh, Nia Jackson, Kevin Owens' fault. That's right. Get him out of here. Um, got her out of wrestling, right? So yeah, so Kofi, it was just you know that's going to be Hall of Fame Botchamania level stuff though. <laughs> like, that is an all timer. Number twenty. I loved his tweet about it though. He was just like, well, he's like, yep. I guess he, he said. I think it was something of like, you you can't like. Uh, you can't, you know, can only fail at things that you've tried or whatever. But then he right. just said it was just like it, the quote was attributed to someone said this. <laughs> yeah. uh, number twenty five, one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions. It's Otis. This was my brother's just... big disappointment when Otis came. He was like, "What have they done to Otis?" <laughs> oh man, I got to tell you though, Otis and Chad Gable have been the MVPs been on Raw well. for like the last three weeks. The academic stuff this week with the spelling bee was great. Chad Gable yep. is on another level with his promos. He's gotten nice. so good. Um, yeah, so Otis is out here now. Number 26, the man who is all but lost in the shuffle at this point, it feels like. It's oh, the former his, WWE champion, the, the, Big E. Again, my Vince McMahon theory of action figure booking. I feel like Biggie's action figure got knocked off the table and the janitor picked it up and forgot to give it back <laughs> to Vince because they've just completely forgot what they were doing with him. And I don't like his prospects either. It's no, like this you look around. You look around, he, and it's. I, I'm very curious what was originally planned with Kofi and him. If maybe it would have made his his outing here look a little more impressive, because it didn't seem like they went out of their way to spotlight him in any way in this match. He didn't eliminate anybody. He wasn't involved in eliminating anybody. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. So uh, yeah, you kind of hate to see it. He got pretty unceremoniously dumped by RK Bro. Yeah, which also doesn't make a lot of sense because they're kind of all baby faces. But anyways, <laughs> number twenty-seven, Bad Bunny. Yeah, Bad Bunny, everybody's favorite. He's I here. mean, the other guy where it's like you don't even bother with your honest. Feelings Here's the about thing. I have I have just started a new job. I'm working with a lot of young people that are just out of yeah. college, and I have heard because Bad Bunny apparently is coming near here sometime next year okay. on his tour. Um, multiple people talk about how excited they're about trying to get tickets to that show and like how much they love Bad Bunny and like okay, I don't get cool. it. But apparently, yeah. there's just a lot of people that really love this guy, and it seems like he really enjoys wrestling. But it is just one of those things where it's like. Of the things lot, that are happening on the show, of the this same people, yeah. This Royal Rumble had been so disappointing up until this point that it was like, for me, it was like, I see what you're trying right. to do here with the excitement of Bad Bunny, but it is not mm-hmm. working to get me back no. into this one. A lot of the same people that will criticize the size of Adam Cole's arms and the size of Johnny Gargano will be completely acceptable and fine with what Bad Bunny goes into these matches and pulls off crossbody, Sheamus, and. <laughs> Canadian destroyers on Riddle. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's just, and he eliminated fine. Seamus and Ziggler. Yeah. It's like, it's fine. I'm, but I'm just saying like, y'all have some weird levels of just, dis- you know, discontempt yeah. when it comes to the size of people and how much that matters based on how you feel about that person. Yeah. So. Leave Marco stun alone. Oh, don't even get me started. Number he's, another 28. One that, he's another one. He's another one that quietly contract expired and he's no longer with AEW. Yeah. So. 28, 28 though. God, here comes greatest. the money. He's back that, in the company. The greatest wrestler in the world. Yeah. Because remember, remember, he won the tournament in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the greatest wrestler and, in the world. Potentially yeah. now back in the chance of, of becoming the next leader of this company after Vince dies, apparently, with the like recent downturn of Steph and Triple H's belovedness. Dude, you want to talk about a movie. I don't don't Seriously. bother with that. Don't bother me with that Vince McMahon movie right now. Yes. I want to see the Godfather style movie that can come out of this family's drama in the last like two years or so. And I, yes. And I want Vin, I want uh Bruce to be played by the guy that plays uh, the, the guy with the little birds in game of Thrones. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, Oh God. The what master is, of whispers uh, or whatever. Yeah. But what is his, uh, the eunuch? Yes. The eunuch, yes. The eunuch guy. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, shit, dude, I'm telling you, triple H is, heart problems coming out of nowhere oh am i just supposed to believe that there's no devious acts perhaps taking place <laughs> that's led to his weakening and thus allowing for power play to take place oh just telling you i yeah. watch a lot of soap it's either all right i know how this stuff works it's either a conspiracy or it's the result of years of steroid abuse but that's what we'll see okay well there's there's that too um so yeah so shane mcmahon's out here you know whatever who cares um did he eliminate his thing. anybody did shane Oh, he eliminated. I'm surprised. I'm surprised, yeah. he, I'm surprised he didn't win the whole match. To be honest with you, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, Bad Bunny came out. He eliminated Sheamus, Dolph Ziggler, Shane McMahon enters. He of course eliminated Kevin Owens. Because do you think I we're going back really to that hope... for Mania? What's that? Do you think we're going back to that for Mania, or is that a Saudi Dude, match for Kevin Owens, and then he'll get know, a program? But if I never, if I never see Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon feud again, I'll be fine with that. I just feel like but, now that I thought about it, the like Shane coming back. Right before a big Saudi show that's leading towards wrestling, oh, yeah. I could totally see that's what he's here for—is to set up Something. his match there. Something there, yeah. Um, Lesnar, I'm sorry, Randy Orton would come out at number twenty-nine, but who the big news could have yes. predicted 
the turnaround mm-hmm. in crowd reaction for Randy Orton three years ago to yeah. now. He's <laughs> he's maybe the most beloved guy in the company. <laughs> like all he did was just like got really and, serious again, had a few like you know right. like was a real shithead, and then had this like crazy and, like chemistry with Matt right. Riddle. And and I know he has beloved. his detractors and people that won't want to hear this. Randy Orton's resurgence is completely thanks to the association with Riddle oh, yeah. and their tag team. I mean, that has yeah. taken because you think about where the Randy now, Orton character was. The, the time right that they spent that, the time they spent turning him into the character he was right before that, though, allowed that to be such a revelation. Sure. Though. So I think sure. you yeah. that was like the building blocks. But I think like the resurgence with the Edge is where I kind of see the start of his thing. But I feel like, like you said, it's like mm-hmm. there was a slope and he was going like this and then Riddle happened and it suddenly like ex- exponentially grew. Yeah. Well, remember, Edge was a year before he did all the Fiend stuff, though. Remember? It was oh, I forgot about that. Edge, yeah. he had the ridiculously longest match in the history of, prof- mm-hmm. of Mania outside of Iron Man with Orton and Edge. Yeah. Then the next year... You went through all that Alexa Bliss bullshit. That's right. I forgot about that. Stuff. Yeah. And then they had the popcorn fart match at WrestleMania where he like appeared and disappeared, you know, whatever the <laughs> hell that thing was. Yeah. So Orton was like in he like the it was you know like that, your, yeah. it was like your music biopic. Like he the, he need the next thing had to be a hit, you know, or mm-hmm. like it was going to be maybe some sh- you know shaky <laughs> waters for the in the you know moving forward. So yeah, it's been great to see like I would have been fine with Randy Orton winning this match. Yeah. But I kind of I I thought for a second he might and then and then it was very Brock obvious Lesnar. who was winning it as soon as number 30 came out. Yeah. Here comes Brock Lesnar. Yay, I'm glad all of you out there are so excited and so happy when these things I know that people like to say like they have over. to they have to do this to set up this Roman Reigns match, but it's like mm-hmm. No. They didn't. He co- Roman no. Reigns cost him a title belt. That is purely That's enough all you need yeah and then brock you know if roman wants to do the like ducking thing you've got a couple months of brock continuing to beat up on him and ruin his matches basically do the right. cm punk to mjf sort of thing and mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't understand why we had to have brock lesnar come in and make this this show and on such a downer for me like i sent you a text i was like that was yeah. a pay-per-view <laughs> oh yeah when you sent me that i was also like damn it like, i don't know who wins but it's not gonna be good um yeah, because you didn't need to do this. You could still have done Brock and Roman. You know, you muddied those waters anyways. We're now back to, like, we hit the reset button on the Raw side of the championship mm-hmm. deal because now it's back to Lashley. Yeah. It's like, if you were going to reset it, why not reset it and continue the momentum with a character like Big E, who you're trying to establish as a top star, instead of going back to some 2007 dream match yeah. that – you convinced yourself people wanted. I mean, it was a fine match, but they just acted like this thing with Lesnar and Lashley. It's just, oh, the the people have been calling for this for yeah. years. And no, oh, it's like no. If it was if it took place in an octagon and they were wearing gloves, I would maybe have more yeah. interest in it. Well, there's also you know? the, like any time that someone reveals that there was a match they wanted and it got like almost happened, but then it you know something yeah. came up and it didn't happen. Suddenly, the internet cares more about it now happening. Than they would have before. Like no one really wanted to see this match before that, but then suddenly we hear that Lashley really, really wanted it, and so then now it's like a dream match. Well, and it also it's I've even seen the possibility that it might be a triple threat with Roman, 
Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. Okay. Because, you know, Drew has the win over Brock and yada, yada, yada. I mean, that'd know. be interesting. Like, you know, I don't know where we go. Like, there's still like that, that Saudi show that I'm not going to watch before WrestleMania. And then we've <laughs> You're not going to watch the gas chamber. I mean, the elimination chamber. Yeah. Yeah. No, the WrestleMania, WrestleMania, uh, match of stupendity, stupendicity. Um, dude, it's stupid. It's so stupendous. <laughs> Every time Pat McAfee says that, I just want to reach through the TV and strangle it. <laughs> But I know he's being a smartass. See, I, I thought like overall the experience of w- sitting down to watch the Royal Rumble, I enjoyed myself. Right. right. But it's always a good time. Yeah, it's it's because it's it, like I heard a lot of people mention as well. Like you know, a lot of people might not even watch WWE throughout the year, but when the Rumble comes around, you just turn it on because it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting. At least it's going to be fun. <laughs> the crowd's going to get into every person. You know, the countdowns and the musics and. And then this 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 man men's match just was like you guys have had so many decent like really good Royal Rumbles in the past few years and this one was just not one of them. Well, it just I don't know if I want to say a lack of star power. Maybe it was just kind of how the power was placed throughout the match. Like there was just like you mentioned, there was a long. I think a lot of that is pull. There was a long. There was a long large amount of time in the match where. Yeah. It was pretty devoid of anything interesting happening. Yes. And I think a lot of that is is kind of the cost of the way they've chosen to build this Reigns character over the yeah. last few years. And it's like he's been so dominant that just everything else it's like it, they've they've sacrificed everything to make this the most have the most heat possible and and yeah. be the the top of the show. Also, Absolutely. were the Usos are they injured? Were they out with COVID or something? Like how were they not involved in this show at all? Like not even appearing. <sighs> Well, they were banned. I thought from, one of them would have been in the Royal Rumble, but yeah, I guess I no, they the were. Line. Well, they were ba- they were banned from being at ringside for Roman's match with Seth, mm-hmm. and like they'd been involved in the lead up, like attacking Rollins and stuff. But, okay, yeah, just no sign of them. Hmm. Okay, and I'm sure it's because that's probably how Roman's also going to like because they're not going to be happy that Paul's back probably. Yeah, and Roman's going to probably well, well, you two back here you know <laughs> sitting on your ass paul was out there helping me win the you know get the belt back or you know, whatever yeah, so that makes sense that whole thing yeah. too was just such like a I don't know that was almost like the austin heel turn with mcmahon at x7 mm-hmm. where like everyone loves to forget that that awful bit of business took place at the end of one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time because it kind of sucked and this yeah. was kind of one of those again where i was like I wasn't sitting there on the edge of my seat waiting for how this was all going to play out with Paul Heyman. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yeah. he's almost felt like an unnecessary, like piece of this whole deal well, like, for a long time. Anyway, I think you had said earlier when we were just like getting into this, like it felt weird anyways, that it was like, all oh, because Paul chose Brock, he's a good guy now. Like he's been a shithead for years. And why would that be like the changeover to being a babyface manager? Well, and what necessarily makes Brock a good guy in all this? I, 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 am just not the. I know I'm a bit of a he Brock smiles hater, but and and he I know, talks he smiles to us now. and he talks, but it's like he's still just going. Yeah, you know, it's still the same Brock Lesnar. Yes. I guess just because Roman Reigns is such a bigger shithead. No, yeah, and that's kind of. I, I didn't say it during the the talk of Rollins and Reigns, but I'd sent you and Sean a text of like. Rollins in this show felt to me kind of like a sports fan. Like you've got for the Boston uh, Bruins, you have Brad Marchand. He's he's a guy that most people in the in hockey they recognize his skill, but they hate the way he goes about it. 
He's very uh, much the Pacers had what's his name that would blow in guys' ears and stuff. I can't. Lance remember. Stevenson. Yes. He's back. By Lance the way. Stevenson. Yeah, he's a guy that if you're a fan of the the team that he's that's playing him, right. every, all those fans hate him. But if yes. he's on your team, you love him because he does things that gets to under people's skin. But it's in oh, your yeah. favor, and it's like it felt like here. Every, Rollins was still a heel. We we know he's an asshole, obnoxious person, but he's our asshole, and he's going up against the guy that we hate even more. So we're right, you know, oh, yeah. babyface. So that's that's just I just I, I liked that aspect of it, but it's, yeah, I don't know where you go. It's also though why it's also though where I still get a little annoyed with like the Roman and Brock thing because you have built yeah. this Roman character to the point where that crowd look they wanted Seth. To beat him, they were gonna. They wanted to yes. cheer for Seth. They as wanted a baby. Becky's boyfriend to beat yes. him. They wanted Finn Balor to beat him. They wanted Kevin Owens. Like you have to build this character where it's like whoever gets to beat him, it could be a king making situation. Yeah. And who's gonna beat him? Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, The Rock, somebody uh, like. You know what I mean? It's like, and this is where this company, and I know they only worry about the bottom line, and yeah, who can make the biggest box office draw? Who can make him the most money? But it's like. That's why your company then goes through about a 10 month period where everybody just talks about how much you suck. Yeah. <laughs> because you oh. blow your wad for two or three months at the beginning of the year between Rumble and Mania mm-hmm. with all these returnees and, and all you- these stars that don't work full time and all this. And, it, and then they all disappear the yeah. Raw after Mania and all these maybe eyeballs you have drawn in all go, well, who are these people? Yes. Yeah, who's Montez Ford? Who's who's Otis? I mean, who's and then they throw their hands up like they don't understand what's going on. It's like it's really simple what's going on. Like, yeah. well then, <laughs> you know, on top of that aspect, like you have that issue, but then you also have the issue. I don't know if you've seen the reports since Royal Rumble, but there's been reports that like this match was changing constantly oh, in the yeah. week leading up. Twenty times to it. I saw people were like you know down about it because like there was just so much to remember and then things to forget and things that weren't happening yeah. and then they were yeah, happening was... and. Yeah, we we saw the Mike Johnson article from PWI from PW Insider, okay. talking about well, that was the thing. Oh, I don't know if you did see that either. Sean had shared the article about mm. yeah, yeah, morale being that, yeah. down and the number of changes that were made to this match, the women's mm-hmm. match as well. Went through a number of yes. things like this, you know, a lot of indecision. This is just what seems to be what this company is. Yeah, well, because at this point you have Vince an McMahon is getting manager. older and he is yeah, he's going to get more. And more right. or less able to handle all of these spinning plates that you have to handle when you're putting together a pay-per-view. And yeah, there were showing. pictures of uh, apparently Shane McMahon arrived at the building with Nick Khan, which drives more of like what you had been talking about, how there's this oh. idea that he's now back in line to mm-hmm. maybe, you know, take over the company. Nick Khan was in the front row because people were like taking pictures with their cell phones of him. And they're like, oh, no, he's recruiting <laughs> for the next round of releases. You know? Oh, yeah. You fuck. Oh, Kofi, you fucked up. We're going to get rid of you. See ya. You're out, <laughs> Kingston. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, we'll so see. You know, Rumble yeah. standalone is a fun watch, but, you know, you don't come away from this feeling super confident about Mania. No. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, what other. happens, but I, I, don't, I don't know what, what's going to happen. I can't give you a sense of it's like I, i've learned like i keep hearing like different like officials of like universities and stuff when they're talking about you know the the way that the pandemic has affected things and stuff they're always talking mm-hmm. about you know well we've we've seen over the last two years that nothing can be predicted and turns can happen and it's like wwe just continues to prove that nothing can be predicted and things can happen at any time so <laughs> we'll see what happens Very by the time true. we get to mania absolutely so yeah there right. you go so that's the current catch up and we'll be back with that uh lucha underground next week as we uh, come back to our 
regularly scheduled store uh, show. All right. Cool. Uh, okay. 